in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This episode of the Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. And now... On with the show. Our co-host this week is Nicholas Redfern. Later on the show, we'll be introducing our special guest, Jason Offutt. He's got a new book out called What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. Now, I don't really have a backyard. I live in an apartment complex. And before we join Jason, Nick, you have a backyard maybe where you live? <laughs> Me? Yes, I do. <laughs> so have you ever looked in that backyard and said, you know what, maybe there's some paranormal event that I'm missing out on? Uh, no. <laughs> no, our backyard is pretty uh, standard and normal. If there's anything weird lurking in there, I think I probably would have seen it by now. But, I mean, joking aside, yeah, I mean, the the surrounding area, certainly, you know, um, and I think this is the same for anywhere, really. I sort of ripe for investigation. I mean, within within an hour's drive in any direction, well, I say in any direction, an hour's drive from where we live, in one way, one direction, we have uh, the grassy knoll where President Kennedy was killed. In the other direction, we have um, the famous Aurora Cemetery where there was supposedly a UFO crash in 1897. And according to the local legend, the the body of the dead alien recovered from the crash was, was buried in the local cemetery. Um, and if you head northwards, you have a story of a, a strange creature known as the Goat Man, which reputedly haunts uh, an old bridge in, in the local town. So, yeah, in other words, you know, if you go outside of your immediate area, I think like a lot of places, not just in the U.S., but all around the world, you know, you, it's surprising how much strangeness you do actually find. When you bring that up, do you think here in terms of the reports about window areas, portal areas, we're talking about things like Marley Woods, for example, the area that Ted Phillips has been investigating for a number of years. So we know, number one, we can find strange events within this so-called 100-mile window of our own city. But what about the concentration in specific areas of the country or the world? What do you think about those? Yeah, I think that's an important sort of point to make or an important difference to to point out to people is the fact that you know as i as i just said you can go one direction from where we live and go to the site of the kennedy assassination the other way the crashed ufo incident from 1897 and then the goatman story now i don't personally think that is evidence of any sort of weird 14 window area what i think it is is that a lot of towns and villages have little folk tales attached to them, and sometimes you get something really big attached to it, like a, a con potential conspiracy like the Kennedy assassination. But in saying that, you do get certain locations all around the world that seem to have a far deeper and more extensive concentration of paranormal activity in not just, you know, somewhere that's an hour's drive away, but literally all in one area that maybe is contained, you know, within a 10, 15-mile radius. And often these areas are areas of dense ancient woodland, forest land, for some weird reason. There's a famous one quite close to where I used to live in central England, only about a five-minute, ten-minute drive from where I used to live, called the Cannock Chase. The Cannock Chase is this odd, large area 
of heathland, fields, forest land, where there are literally reports of UFO sightings, ghosts, big black cats on the loose, ghostly black dogs, werewolves, Bigfoot, you name it. Werewolves. Let me stop at the werewolf here, okay? Because I certainly know if you've watched the British TV show Being Human, this is where a werewolf, a ghost, and a vampire try to act like normal people with normal lives, except, of course, the ghost mm-hmm. is never seen by anyone but the werewolf and the vampire in large part. But werewolves, have you ever investigated a werewolf case that had something real behind it, or just people who well, have mental problems, who envision they are wolves? Well, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the cases of werewolves that I've investigated don't fall into, as some people assume, the field of something like cryptozoology, where you're talking about some sort of unidentified wolf-like creature. Most of the cases I've investigated, whether it's in the Cannot Chase in England and, and also over here in Texas, just outside of Dallas, there are actually a number of reports that go back sort of 50, 60 years. Most of them seem to have deep paranormal overtones attached to them, where, for example, the sightings would be places like over here, um, ancient Native American burial grounds and sacred ground in the UK, old cemeteries, um, and where many of the witnesses actually felt, no matter which part of the world they're in, that these creatures, if you like, if that's the best word to call them, seemingly had the ability to sort of feed upon human emotion, if that makes any sense. The idea that it, it was felt they were almost like an emotional vampire that needed to be seen to feed on human emotion to, to thrive and survive. So in other words, people aren't necessarily talking about the classic Hollywood imagery of, you know, somebody turns into a werewolf at the sight of the full moon and then kills a bunch of kids in the woods. Nothing like that. It's almost like these things are, if they're real, of course, are permanently in this form, but they're more paranormal or supernatural, however we define those terms, than they are physical. No, I, I see what you're saying here, but is it a person who physically looks like a wolf or is it a, a separate creature? We don't well, have the full moon involved here. We don't have that famous phrase, even a man who's pure in heart yeah. and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the moon is full and bright or the autumn moon is bright, depending on which version of the legend you hear. Yeah. Well, no, in, in reality, most people... In fact, I've never come across a report, apart from one or two second- or third-hand stories, where somebody has spoken about literally seeing a human mutate or shape-shift into, like, a werewolf. For the most part, people are talking about seeing very large wolves walking on four legs that occasionally seem to have the ability to rear up onto their hind legs but still look like wolves. You know, we're not talking about necessarily Bigfoot with, like, a German shepherd's head on its shoulders. It's not that simplistic. It, it is literally more like a, like a, a wolf, but it seems to have bipedal abilities as well. Now, of course, the, the official fossil and zoological record doesn't allow for anything like that to even remotely exist in the slightest. But that is what people reported from all around the world. So either, you know, we take the view that all these people who don't even know each other are lying or mistaken or some sort of creature along those lines does exist, which I think is unlikely, you know, the idea of a bipedal wolf, or something strange is going on that's, that falls more into the realm of the paranormal. But, it, but the ironic thing is that the classic imagery of shape-shifting humans just doesn't seem to play any sort of major role in, in the reality of the situation. 
Well, unless you want to watch those movies, of course, once the movies exist, yeah, at least we have the stuff and legends to worry about. <laughs> but I won't get into that in much detail. Now, our guest today has written about a wide range of paranormal subjects, Jason Offutt. And I notice someone by the name of Nick Redfern is quoted in the back cover of the book, What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. So in the remaining one minute of this segment, can you tell us kind of what attracts you to this book and why you feel it's so compelling? Yeah, well, it was one, as I pointed out in my review, but it's one of the books, or the other theme of the book is, I guess, one that I kind of wish I'd written myself. Um, basically, what Jason has done with his book is to address a whole range of paranormal issues and phenomena, but to ensure that everything that he's looked into occurred no more than 100 miles from his front door. So in other words, you know, it's, like not, it's not just a regional study of phenomena, which a lot of things have been done, but it's specifically, I guess, geographically, you know, clearly delineated. And, um, you know, he's made a good case for the fact that if you look, you know, most people could go within 100 miles of their front door and find, you know, equally weird stuff. And, you know, I think it's sort of an original thought-provoking idea to, to write a book in that fashion. So we have coming up on the PowerCast this week, Jason Offutt, author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. Indeed, your backyard. Our co-host is Nick Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the PowerCast. <laughs> As you know, the PowerCast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks. With more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers, for listeners of the PowerCast, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One book to consider, for example, is Above Top Secret, the worldwide UFO cover-up by Timothy Good. Timothy Good, as you know, has been a guest on the PowerCast. Yet another book worth considering from Audible.com is Lies and Deception, UFOs and the Secret Agenda. From Timothy Good once again, and also from our old friend Nick Pope. As you know, Nick Pope has also been on the PowerCast. This is another book that you're definitely going to want to check out. For this book or another free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash PowerCast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash PowerCast. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237, and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. 
If the cost of your prescriptions are getting out of control, you want to listen carefully to this. RxDrugCard.com is a simple, innovative program designed to give individuals the same purchasing power as large HMOs and insurance companies. As a member of RxDrugCard.com, you'll enjoy savings of up to 80% on all prescription medications at over 52,000 USA pharmacies, including Walmart, Walgreens, and Eckert's. Don't risk ruining your health by using cheap, counterfeit foreign drugs. This program provides savings on safe, genuine, FDA-approved medications medications with low membership fees, unlimited use, no age or income requirements, and coverage for all pre-existing conditions. RxDrugCard.com is an absolute must for anyone who pays for their own prescriptions. Enroll today for as little as $4.50 per month at www.RxDrugCard.com and start saving immediately. RxDrugCard.com is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit RxDrugCard.com or call 888-216-2461. That's 888-216-2461. And now for another exciting minute from Life Change Tea. To all our Life Change Tea customers, it's sale time. Buy three, get one free. Buy three packages of Life Change Tea and get one package absolutely free. Now to all of you that have not tried Life Change Tea, here's your chance. Buy three, get one free. Clean toxins and chemicals inside your body. Lose inches off your waist and you could lose that excess weight that's been driving you crazy. And with our buy three, get one free sale, it's a great time to order. So here's how. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Look for our special. Or you can call us at 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. 0408. It feels good to be clean, and it feels good to lose weight, and it really feels good to save money. So order now at GetTheTea.com. Ten years. A decade of talk. Great talk radio is here on the Genesis Communications Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to News at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. Our co-host is Nicholas Redfern. We're talking this week to Jason Offutt. He's got a new book out called What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard?, of course, Jason was on the Paracast a year or two back, and he's been a busy bee. So, Jason, what made you want to focus on, shall we say, nearby paranormal events? Well, I was doing doing research uh, on on uh, paranormal events fairly nearby me, just because uh, they were they were easy at the time. And I started noticing that there were a lot of them. Uh, so I, I really uh, really just focused on on an area around. Uh, you know, around where I lived, and, and I found an, an absolute ton of things, and, and I came came up with the idea of the book uh, mainly for two reasons. One, I wanted to show people that no matter where they live, that there is something weird going on around around them. UFOs aren't you know relegated to, to to one spot on the globe. Bigfoot's not just relegated to the Pacific Northwest. You know, these things are everywhere. You just have to open your eyes and see them. Uh, and and a hundred miles, I picked a hundred miles from. Uh, from from my house uh, mainly because at the time when I came up came up with the concept uh, gas was about four bucks a gallon here in the Midwest so I didn't want to drive too far. 
So you figure that you could basically go, what, four gallons of gas at 25 miles per gallon. So that's $16 worth of travel, right, each way? Well, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a long-time journalist, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty cheap. <laughs> I'll tell you what, most journalists are basically working on the cheap. Very few make a lot of money. Okay, so you chose 100 miles. Now, would that also be true if you're like a big urban area like New York City? Because that takes you to the Hudson Valley and places like that. Oh, right. I'm saying from anywhere. New, some place like New York City is, is absolutely crawling with paranormal activity just because of the, the amount of people. I, I've had people ask me, Jason, where's the most haunted place on Earth? Well, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm guessing someplace like London or, or, or Tokyo or, or New York just because of the vast volumes of people who have lived in one spot at one time. You know, I mean, the ghost encounters there have got to be, in, in, you know, crazy. So basically, if it's a place that has a lot of history behind it, it's been there for a while. It's not just something that was built like Levittown, New York, where they built it from scratch. Or even Levittown, New York, maybe you have weird things going on. You know, the Amityville Horror, that's not so far from Levittown. Well, it's it's the, kind of the point of the, the book was it, it doesn't it doesn't really really matter uh, you know where you are or you know how long the the, the town's been. I've, there have been people I've interviewed who built their house on ground that they're almost certain that there's never been a house before, and and you know <laughs> from day one from moving in it's it's haunted. You know what what's going on. So uh, you know it, occupation probably means means quite a bit, but it doesn't mean everything. Okay, so it's a hundred miles radius, diameter, whatever, of your home, and you pick these areas. How did you do your research? Did you just talk to people, go to libraries, newspaper morgues, what? Well, all, all of the above. I had to, uh, well, mainly, you know, I had to find um, find people who were willing to talk about, about their experiences, and, and, and from that, uh, I did research with, uh, you know, going going to libraries and, and, as you said, newspaper morgues, and um, fortunately, a lot of things are online now. But I'm a journalist by trade. I was uh, a newspaper reporter and editor for about 18 years. Uh, part of that, I was time I was a bartender, so I wasn't doing a lot of reporting. Well, but, a uh, bartender, though, is doing a lot of human interest work and counseling yeah. and therapy, right? Right, right. I can justify that, absolutely. Uh, but but I, I, I researched, researched and wrote, wrote the book uh, like a journalist, because that, that's what I is and that's what I am, and that's what I, I teach. Uh, I, I'm... Uh, journalism teacher at a, at a university so so that's that's how i approached it okay so how do you vet these cases how do you decide which cases are really substantive enough to maybe be real and which are the fake things the stuff that is made up of fraud or whatever well i i'm a uh, i mean being a journalist for a long time i think i've got a pretty good bs detector uh and whenever my my kids turn you know turn into teenagers i sure hope i've got a pretty good bs detector <laughs> uh, so that that that's one thing i, I kind of rely on my instincts but for the for the book i i tried to do as much research as possible so there is some documentation on these cases you know whether it's you know from from newspapers or or you know or magazine articles or whatnot there's something down in print or in in the historic record saying that yeah something happened here at, at this time the rest of it i um, you know go off go off interviews i've got a i've got a rule one if if somebody says they see a ghost and they seem sincere i, I can take them on on face value the same with seeing bigfoot or saying seeing strange lights in the sky but if somebody says that they they can read they can read minds uh, have seen Bigfoot, have been uh, been aboard a UFO, and have given JFK a back rub all within a week. 
that's a little bit too out of the realm of... <laughs> okay, so basically if you start pushing the envelope as far as the experiences you've had, you have too many experiences, that may be a bad thing or it may be indications of deception? It, well, in, 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 my, in my opinion, yes. I'm kind of softened on that over the years because I've started fi- finding that um, a lot of people who have paranormal experiences, a lot of sincere, intelligent people have had some paranormal experiences, and then other ones have followed uh, them. Other paranormal experiences have followed, uh, and they're generally disturbed, genuinely disturbed by them. So uh, my stance is, like I said, beginning to soften a bit. Okay, have you in your course of your research found stuff that's just so obviously a fraud that's worth even mentioning because you want to have a reality check? Well, uh, nothing, that I've, nothing that I've covered seemed, you know, like, like such a fraud that I, that I didn't cover it. There, there were a few, uh, a few cases where things seemed kind of far-fetched, and, and, and I went personally, you know, out to the, to the graveyard uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning at the witch's grave where she's supposed to appear every third night and say boo. Uh, and, of course, nothing's happened. So, I mean, but... And, and I've written about it, but I've written about it in, in, in a way that said, okay, this is the claim, and, yeah, nothing happened when I went out there. So does the book contain instances like that where you talk about going out or investigating something and it doesn't pass muster? I, it, this book, I just did I just did one of those. Uh, it's the very last chapter of the book, and uh, actually it's the, the, the appendix of the book. And I, uh, I, I made a point of saying, I, I pointed that out because, it, it was the witch's grave in the cemetery that they spelled with an A on the sign. Th- that is an urban legend. I just use that as an example of there are, you know, witches in the graveyard stories all across the country. You know, how many witches were in northwest Missouri or north, northeast Kansas back in the mid-1800s? Probably not that many. Fast so question I, I here before we split example. for our next section. Just a quickie question here. So... Are there any real reports of witches in the graveyard, or is it all just a legend? Well, in, in, in my area, I think it's all just a legend, but I can't 100, 100% say anything. Uh, go, go, to, go to older parts of the country, uh, go, to, go to Europe, probably there are some, uh, some true stories of witches in the graveyard, but not around this neck of the woods. Don't know of any witches in the graveyard here either. We have Jason Offutt. He's author of a new book called What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in your backyard, and he means your backyard because it's everybody's backyard. If you do some research within 100 miles of your home, you're going to find some strange things are happening, unless you live in some kind of desert where you're 100 miles from everything. That's an exception. Our co-host is Nicholas Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in... The Paracast. Okay, neighbors, here's the problem. Face-to-face business meetings with clients and colleagues are always going to be important. But business travel is a hassle, and it's often a complete waste of money. Well, here's a solution for you. Do more. Travel less with GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting is an award-winning online meeting service brought to you by Citrix. With just a click, host sales presentations, training sessions, or product demos right from your own desk. Avoid the hassle of traveling and still exceed your sales goals. Plus, GoToMeeting is just $49 a month for unlimited online meetings. Plus, voice over IP and phone conferencing is included. My listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. 
For this special offer, visit gotomeeting.com slash podcast. Once again, go to meeting free for 45 days. Visit gotomeeting.com slash podcast. Where have all the military surplus stores gone? Don't worry, you don't need one. Because everything you need at Military Surplus is at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. One of the last surviving true military surplus stores in the country. Go online now to MainMilitary.com and discover a source for hard-to-find surplus items at true surplus prices. Surplus gun cleaning kits as low as $2.99. Complete chemical suits as low as $11.99. See our huge selection of gas masks, filters, and accessories. Finish it. M10 gas masks are three for $30, and Swiss filters are three for $12. Searching for Strike Anywhere matches? MainMilitary.com has them, plus a whole new product line of survival and first aid kits and lots more. Get free shipping on orders over $50 only at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. Or call 877-608-0179, 877-608-0179. MainMilitary.com, the main name in military supply. If you've taken the drug Reglan, this message is for you. If you or a family member has taken the drug Reglan and have been diagnosed with tardive dyskinesia, call the Goldwater Law Firm right now. I'm attorney Bob Goldwater. If you or a loved one has taken Reglan and now have tardive dyskinesia, call us right now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. If you've taken the drug Reglan and have been diagnosed with tardive dyskinesia, call 1-800-272-2300. That's 1-800-272-2300. 1-800-272-2300. This is an attorney advertisement. The Goldwater Law Firm is located at 15849 North 71st Street in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are licensed to practice law only in Arizona, but we associate with other attorneys throughout the country. While we maintain joint responsibility, cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Free background information is available upon request. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Not available in all states. That's 1-800-272-2300. I have a very important announcement from our friends at eFoods Direct. Please pay close attention. Due to rapidly rising food costs, eFoods Direct must raise their prices. However, until September 20th, our current supplies are gone. Whichever comes first, eFoods Direct is making a special offer to our listeners. It's the eFoods Direct pre-price increase special. Since 2008, wholesale food costs have risen dramatically, yet eFoods Direct has refused to pass these increases on to you. Unfortunately, they can no longer absorb the recent surge in costs and have no choice but to raise prices. Until September 20th, or supplies on hand are gone, whichever comes first, not only can you take advantage of the current lower prices, but for every three selected items that you buy, eFoods Direct will give you one free. That's right, buy three, get one free. It's your last chance to get in on the huge savings. Act now. On the web at eFoodsDirect.com or call 1-800-409-5633. That's eFoodsDirect.com on the web or call 800-409-5633. Tired of searching for great talk radio? There's a a wide range of stuff on here. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Jason Offit. He's author of a new book called What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. The co-host is Nicholas Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Okay, we're exploring the things that he discovered as he was trying 
to find the paranormal events within 100 miles of his home. What part of the country do you live in, Jason? Uh, Northwest Missouri, which uh, if I picked up a rock, I could probably hit Iowa from here. Uh, home of uh, uh, home of Brad Steiger, that being Iowa. I thought it was kind of funny that he doesn't live that far away from me. So did you find any interesting cases in Brad Steiger's backyard? Uh, he lives just a little bit a little bit outside my 100-mile uh, my range. But uh, no, I didn't. I imagine there are plenty, but I imagine he's written about all of them. Now, one thing, it takes us to the discussion of things like window areas where lots of events seem to occur. In looking over your particular situation here where you had ghosts, you had UFOs, strange creatures, did you find a specific concentration of one kind of event or what? Not of, not of one kind. They were uh, just a, a lot of different events. And in, in research, a lot of things that I didn't, uh, I didn't include in, in the book because, because I started putting things together uh, afterward was that there are a lot of really weird things that have happened here that you normally wouldn't think of as, as paranormal. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the bully of Skidmore, Missouri. It was a uh, nationwide news news story back in the 19, early 1980s. Uh, Brian Dennehy played played the bully in a made-for-TV movie. He but, always but he does was, that very well. Yes, yeah, yes, he does. I believe he was also uh, John Wayne Gacy. But anyway, yeah, the, this uh, uh, this guy had terrorized uh, Northwest Missouri and northeast uh, northeastern Kansas, and this, the townspeople in this really small town got sick of him and all of them gathered around his truck one afternoon and everybody in town shot him dead and uh, nobody was ever convicted and that happened about 11 miles from me uh, and there have been there were three murders last year in a town of 12,000 people in uh, like uh, in a nice quiet uh, rural area there was a similar uh, similar to an in cold blood case that happened here in the 1970s so that and a bunch of other strange things that have occurred, you know, right here, right, right near where I, where I live, um, makes me think that you know I don't know if I'd call it a, a window or maybe there's some strange attraction here that that uh, that you know bad things just happen. So maybe your backyard is an extraordinary backyard. It could be. It could be. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that kind of intrigues me about Jason's book, particularly is the fact that sort of the sheer widespread scale of different phenomena that he found. I mean, I just wondered, you know, if, if that's a sort of surprise you, were you expecting, you know, based on the, I guess, culture and local folklore that it was just going to be this or that? I mean, you have everything from UFOs to ghosts to time travel even. Uh, I just wondered if, if the sheer range of phenomena surprised you or not, or does nothing surprise you anymore? <laughs> Yeah, well, it did. It did. I expected uh, when I set out, I expected uh, a lot of ghost stories, and there are a whole lot of ghost stories I left out of the book just because they get you know repetitive after a while. Mm. But the the Bigfoot stories, I thought maybe I could find find something in the area because uh, Missouri has a pretty pretty famous Bigfoot uh, encounter uh, from the early 1970s, Momo, the Missouri monster. But it was quite a ways away. Uh, there's also a uh, reported UFO crash in southeastern Missouri, which is way out of my range. So uh, there are weird things that have happened here. Uh, but within 100 miles, yeah, I was a little surprised to find, you know, two Bigfoot encounters, the the time travel, uh, a case of demon possession, uh, something weird that fell out of the sky and, uh, and, and promptly disappeared. Then again, there was a fairly famous case in Ashland, Nebraska, of, of Herb Shermer. Uh, his his uh, his reported abduction. So yeah, the the range surprised me a little bit, but it was a it was a really a pleasant surprise. 
And I think, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that actually sort of pleasantly surprised me was the fact that you covered the the famous Herbert Shermer case of 1956, excuse me, 1967, which is sort of very famous UFO incident, which I think for a lot of people who are new to the subject have sort of forgotten about. But the very fact that this was one, again, that was on your doorstep, and you're also able to sort of find out something that not a lot of people are aware of is what um, Sherman's up to today. Could you talk a little bit about that case and, you know, what you found out about it? I think for people who are into UFOs particularly, you know, they'll find it interesting. Right, and I remembered uh, reading something about that case uh, a long time ago, and and then when Mm -hmm. I found that it was uh, about 97 miles away, I thought that was fantastic. I also found, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, two of the two of the principal uh, investigators uh, um, are still alive. Of course, when I uh, the aforementioned Brad Steiger, I talked to him about it, and I talked with uh, Dr. Leo Sprinkle, who uh, who hypnotized him, uh, uh, who hypnotized Herb. For the uh, you know the Condon report. Um, any, anyway, yeah. For for those who aren't familiar, in uh, in 1967, uh, um, Herbert Shermer, who had just gotten out of the Navy, uh, moved in with his parents, who lived near a small town called Ashland, Nebraska, and uh, he wanted to, to be a highway patrolman. Uh, to do that, one of the things to do that is he had to get a, a background check. So he went to the local police department in Ashland to get that, and they had a position open and offered him a job. So he became a uh, he became a police officer and he was extremely dedicated to his work and uh, the local teens absolutely couldn't stand him because he chased them off of lover's line uh, almost every night he um one night about 130 um one or 130 he was doing patrol on the edge of town and drove by businesses stopped to make sure the doors were locked and everything was okay and when he went to uh, a spot to turn around he saw red lights that looked like a, uh, a very large truck had overturned, and those were the tail lights. And as he pulled closer, he realized that it wasn't a truck; it was uh, an aerial, an aerial craft, a circular aerial craft that was floating about six feet off the ground. Uh, he described a, a catwalk on the thing, and then the next thing he remembers is he's driving back to the station about 20 minutes later. Uh, he has no idea what happened to him, and he, he goes in and explains to this other police officer, an older police officer, uh, what had happened. And the older police officer said, do not write that in your report. You're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And being a young man, you know, he completely brushed, brushed the older guy off and wrote it in his report. And it hit the national news, and uh, it, it completely completely messed his life up. Uh, he was uh, eventually How did it mess to- his life up? Let's get the specifics. Okay, well, I, I was I was going there uh, um, after uh, he went uh, was interviewed uh, by Dr. Sprinkle uh, in, in Boulder, Colorado, for the Condon Report. The police chief, who fully supported him on this, quit, and Shermer was appointed chief of police. Everything sounds terrific. He was given a book deal. You know, everything sounding sounding great. And then he started having issues in the evening uh, when he when he went to sleep. He would wake up and he would have handcuffed his wife, or he would uh, he would wake up. She would wake him up screaming because he was standing there pointing a gun at her head. Uh, he started having some health problems. People were you know, were burning images of him in, in effigy in the local cemetery, um, and eventually he had to uh, he had to resign his position because it was just it was too it was too much stress and it uh, it wrecked his marriage. Yeah, that that's the sort of thing that uh, that, that messed up his life. Uh, and he kept he kept reporting. Uh, to the newspaper that uh, that these fuzzy uh, fuzzy things 
from outer space were were talking to him in his sleep, and that they were were going to eventually come and get him, which which they didn't. But uh, after after, excuse me, he's still around today. That's correct. He he is still around today. He doesn't talk about uh, he doesn't talk about uh, his encounter anymore, and uh, uh, he uh, owns a roofing company in Georgia. You know what? I think that might be the best thing to do. You know, if you get really really screwed up and your life is turned around by some sort of paranormal encounter, open a roofing company in Georgia. Or maybe one in Las Vegas. They have to start rebuilding their housing situation there. But that takes us into real politics. I don't want to do that. Jason Offit, he's author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. And that backyard is your backyard, my backyard, everybody's backyard. A reminder, you could subscribe for our weekly newsletter. Go to newsletter.theparacast.com, newsletter.theparacast.com, and you subscribe, and we'll send you a newsletter every week with my fearless, I hope, commentaries. Jason Offit joining us. Our co-host is Nick Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Hey, neighbors, have you been thinking about starting a website? Well, I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a world-famous leader in web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and great selection of templates. Use the coupon code PowerCast. Once again, use the coupon code PowerCast and sign up at this special address, thepowercast.com slash gator. That's G-A-T-O-R, thepowercast.com slash gator. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Question. What would you rather drink? Acidic water which burns holes in your body and causes loss of bone mass or alkaline water which promotes high energy and vibrant health? The answer is clear. And if you're drinking acidic water, you're helping cancer cells and bacteria to grow out of control. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to alkalize your water and help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to Raise the pH to a healthy alkaline level. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, or cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or by calling 269-409-1776. Again, 269-409-1776. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. 
Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Global meltdowns, massive unemployment, endless wars, a new currency crisis, financially and morally bankrupt. A great and terrible storm is approaching. So what's the best way to get ready to get prepared for hard times ahead? In producing Off the Grid News, a weekly newsletter for independent patriots who want practical advice on how to survive and prosper in an increasingly dangerous world. It's the best way to get a black belt in emergency preparedness, survival skills, and off-the-grid living. Off the Grid News is fiercely independent. All about self-reliance and packed with helpful information on survival gardening, food preparation, alternative energy, herbal medicines, privacy and security, as well as God, gold, and guns with absolutely no apologies. And the best part, this $100 a year service is now free of charge for our listeners. That's right, free for our listeners who sign up at offthegridnews.com. That's offthegridnews.com. You can sign up free at offthegridnews.com. Offthegridnews.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Jason Offit joining us. What lurks beyond is the book. He's checking all the paranormal stuff happening in his locale. Nick Redfern is the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. And of course, you're in the Paracast for this segment. By the way, in our next segment, we have questions from the Paracast forums, and they will be read unedited. So Jason has been forewarned. We never know what they're going to ask, and he's going to sit there and be a good gentleman and respond to the questions. Okay, let's look at some of the other things that are going on here in this book. Did you at all ever see anything strange during your investigation research for this book? See anything strange? No, I did not. And um, I, I, I don't. I, I, saw, I saw a couple of weird things when I was a, when I was a child. Uh, I've heard a couple of strange things uh, as an adult, but uh, generally paranormal things don't happen to me, and that's terrific. Um, I, I often tell people that, uh, yes, the paranormal is fantastic. It's fun as long as it's happening to somebody else. I feel the same. A lot of things happen around me, and I have never really had anything that I'd call paranormal, although there's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a fuzz factor there. But I'll ask Nick, as co-host of the show, Nick, anything weird happened to you? Um, I think the one thing that I... You know, I've never had a sort of a, a UFO crash in the garden or anything like that. But one of the things that I do get, and I think a lot of people within this field do get, the further they dig into it, is kind of weird synchronicities that seem to happen more and more the more that you delve into the phenomenon. Now, why that should be the case or whether we're just looking for them, who knows? But I, I have found over the years I, I don't dismiss this and I don't, I don't even know how to explain it beyond the fact that weird synchronicities that seem to put you in the right place at the right time with the right people, just generally strange stuff that, you know, most people write off as coincidence seems to occur to a far greater degree. We're kind of drawn into it, I guess, from the nature of the stuff that we do. I've noticed a lot of uh, you know, the same type of thing, Nick, that you're, that you're mentioning, but mm-hmm. I'm still, still at the point to where is, is this something paranormal that's happening, is, is, or is this just 
the fact that I'm paying more attention to things and, and, and my mind is, mm. is coming to conclusions. I, I haven't really decided that yet on my part. But yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, within the realm of Fortiana are frustrated by the fact that they're looking for the answers and they never seem to be in the right place at the right time. It's almost like the phenomenon is toying with them, you know, deliberately staying out of their area and focusing on somebody else. Now, you know, again, you could argue that you're just in the wrong place at the right time and that may be all there is to it. But I think a number of people have felt almost, I guess, manipulated and, you know, dangled on a string to an extent as to, you know, not actually getting the answers they're looking for because there's something bigger out there that's actually having an effect on the situation. I'm right now uh, researching and, and starting to write on a, on a book uh, on a uh, on a haunted uh, haunted Jewish uh, wine cabinet. And, uh, Whoa, a haunted <laughs> Jewish wine cabinet. Yeah. Speaking yeah. as somebody who comes from Brooklyn, New York, in a Jewish neighborhood, all right, I'm curious. Okay, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, the box is supposed to possess a, a Dybbuk, uh, uh, it's referred to as the Dybbuk box. And while, while doing some research, the first day I really did any heavy, heavy research, uh, I went to visit the, the gentleman who owns this. And when I got back home in my small town in northwest Missouri, um, I, there was a car that pulled in in front of me and everywhere I was going, it was, right in front of me. It followed the same path, but it was in front of me uh, until at the very last second before I went home, it turned off. And in the back, written in the back window was, I love Jewish people. And the Jewish population of, of my entire county is zero. So is this some weird synchronicity that's telling me something? Hmm. If they were following I no you, I think that the men in black were maybe after you. Or could it have been some kind of trick somebody's playing on you? But nobody here other than my wife knows that I'm researching the book. Uh, You're not was, considered, it, oh, that UFO paranormal guy. They don't know that. Well, yes, I am. I am that, that the paranormal guy. I'm, I'm the ghost guy in the, uh, in, in the area. But, but, but still, that was, that was something strange that you know, I'm, I'm finally doing some, some research on some specific item and nobody here knows about it. And, and, uh, and I get that message when I come home. I just found that pretty, pretty interesting. During the course of your investigation, did you get strange phone calls from people or think that somebody was following you? I'm not trying to play paranoid here. I'm just asking. No, I've had, I've had absolutely none of that. Okay, so not like the John Keel phenomenon where he would supposedly get strange phone calls. And there was right, no, no doppelganger of Jason Offutt around somewhere where he's seen where you're not. Not that I know of. And if he is, he's probably having more fun than me. I don't know. <laughs> He's collecting your book royalties, I think. All right, let's look at another aspect of paranormal phenomena. Strange creatures, Bigfoot, weird cats, whatever. What kind of stuff do you find in your backyard? Well, what I was able to find in my backyard were a couple of Bigfoot reports from St. Joseph, Missouri, the home of the, uh, um, home of the, uh, the Pony Express and uh, the death place of Jesse James. Um, one was from the 1930s. In a uh, in a logging camp, uh, two young couples had uh, moved to the area, and the the husbands got got jobs at a logging camp. And the women noticed when all the men were gone uh, this strange smell. And eventually, they saw what it was coming from, which was a really large, hairy, man-like creature. This thing was was big enough to where it would lean on the back of a very large truck, 
uh, and Prophet's elbow up on the on the on the truck bed, and it was they they figured about nine feet tall, and it would only come to camp when the men were gone, and uh, the husbands of course didn't didn't believe a word of it, and uh, one uh, one evening uh, the first one of the first Saturday evenings that they had uh, had open, uh, all the guys decided to, to go into St. Joseph and uh, and booze it up. And one of the women, being a newlywed, was worried her husband was gonna gonna find some new girl, and was crying on the front porch. And she heard a creak on the on the wooden porch, and she thought her husband had come home. And she looked up, and there was this thing about a you know, three feet from her, and she started screaming, and it it ran away. Eventually, some men were in camp, and the thing came, and they saw it and started. You know, they they eventually chased the thing off. The thing could run faster than their dogs, and and it never came back. But it bothered one of the husbands so much that that he quit his job. Uh, he he didn't want any part of, uh, of of people killing this thing because it looked too much like a man. And and he eventually went on to become a become a, a preacher. The uh, the story was passed down to the to uh, to the son and, and and the grandson told me this story. Uh, and he said that he talked to his grandparents about it a number of times throughout his life, and, and the story never changed one bit. Uh, another uh, Bigfoot encounter happened about the same spot, but it was in the uh, early 19, late 1960s, early 1970s, in uh, in a park in, in St. Joe, which has always fascinated me, Bigfoot stories that happen near cities. And uh, St. Joe's not a huge city, but it's 75,000 people. That's That's big enough, I think, to... To keep keep Bigfoot from wanting to hang around the outskirts of town. So Bigfoot only goes to small towns. It well, it, it or wooded areas, places that are isolated. There's a, a report, number of reports uh, from a suburb of St. Louis that uh, it's wooded, and there's there's a there's a river there that uh, people have speculated that's why Bigfoot's there. But but St. Louis is a fairly large city, especially for the mid Midwest, and you know this thing has been seen. That fascinates me. I, I think I'd want to hide. What do you think about these stories, Jason, where, you know, some of these Bigfoot accounts and sightings, encounters, etc., seem to have, I guess, sort of quasi-paranormal overtones to them? I mean, one of the things I've found, which I don't discount, is that sometimes when you look into these weird animal cases, that they actually do seem to veer towards more towards the paranormal than they do literal flesh-and-blood animals. I wondered if you'd come across something similar to that i in my research i haven't i I have read quite a bit about it uh you know bigfoot encounters uh happening Mm -hmm. at the same time of ufo encounters uh Mm -hmm. you know somebody following bigfoot tracks and they just disappear and in thin Mm -hmm. air uh those sort of things and and i really don't discount a a whole lot since you know we we don't have a body we don't we don't know exactly you know what bigfoot is so i can't discount that we're going to move on with this in our next section. And by the way, in the next section of the PowerCast, we're going to read messages from the PowerCast forums from listeners like you, where they ask whatever they want of Jason Offit, and he's going to answer them. It's not an ambush. It's just going to ask the questions and see what kind of responses we get. You can check out our forums at forum.thepowercast.com. You know, neighbors, we know it's extremely difficult to make a buck these days, really. But we have a special opportunity we're going to offer here. We'd like you to become part of the Paracast team. Here's what you do. If you have a background in online sales and marketing and maybe even broadcast experience, that's a big plus, and you're ready to make great things happen with our company, please send your resume and your references 
to sales at thepowercast.com. That's sales at thepowercast.com. Our guest, Jason Offutt, he has written a book called What Will Lurks Beyond? The Paranormal in Your Backyard. The co-host is Nick Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return for the second hour of our session with Jason Offutt. He's author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. Nick Redfern is your co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're always in the Paracast, even when you're not in the Paracast, because that's what the paranormal is all about. So here's what I did, folks. I put a forum message up at forum.thepowercast.com, and I said, hey, you got a question for Jason. And some of our people, by the way, have actually read his books. But I'm going to hit Jason with these questions. You all ready for him? Oh, I, I am, and, and your listeners sound like good people. They've already read my books. Okay, so therefore, we'll have good questions. One of our questions comes from Angelo. He's one of our forum moderators. He's also somewhat of a skeptic a lot of these things. He says, I'd love to know if he has anything with regards to actual proof that he can provide, something that can change the mind of a skeptic like me. And he says he lives in an area near Quebec, Mont-Saint-Hilaire, that supposedly has weird things going on. So, okay, can you change Angelo's mind, Jason? No. <laughs> and, and, and here's, here's why. Uh, people who are really looking for that kind of proof, unless they experience something themselves, their, their mind's not, not going to change. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of friends who are, uh, who are scientists, which is really one of the cool things about working at a university. You can go down to the local bar and drink beer with scientists. But uh, they are also uh, involved with the paranormal, and they want to prove it. The problem is, in order to prove something and get it out of the realm of the paranormal, you need repeatability. And you're not going to see a ghost at the same place night after night after night after night and be able to register it on any sort of scientific equipment you know, with regularity. So it, it's one of those things, until we get a body, until we're holding you know, a, an extraterrestrial artifact or, you know, have a, a ghost in, in some kind of, some kind of, you know, Ghostbusters containment unit. Uh, you know, skeptics like that are not going to be, going to be, uh, going to change their mind unless they personally experience something. 
Is that maybe saying that we can never prove any of this? No, I think I think uh, things can get proven. I mean, that, uh, a lot of things we take for granted today is you know was unknown at some point. Uh, the, the telegraph, when newspaper accounts came out of, of the telegraph back in 1844, <laughs> the readers thought yeah, this is this is you know this is just a bunch of bunk. It's a bunch of hooey. This is impossible. But eventually, when the thing got widespread use and people saw it for their own eyes. Uh, you know, it was no longer bunk. So, you know, when, 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 when things are scientifically proven, then people are going to be not, not believers, of course, because they don't have to be. People will just know that it's true. That's not paranormal. It is normal. Right. Okay, question from someone who calls himself Blowfish, a regular visitor to our forums. He has two questions. The first, why do you think paranormal events happen in such confined places as homes, bedrooms, and gardens? And he refers to abductions, poltergeists and sightings, etc. Why? Because that's where people are. They probably happen all, all the time, out, out in the backyard in the middle of the night where nobody is, or out in the woods, out on top of a very lonely mountain. But we're not there. Uh, and that, that's, that's, why, that's why people see them in their bedrooms, because, well, that's where people are at night. So I mean, it, it, it's the same with when people ask me, why do, you know, why do strange things happen at night? Well, that's because it's dark and quiet, and we're paying more attention to things around us. Things probably happen during the day all the time. It's just we've got our, you know, our, our iPods going, or we're driving somewhere and just don't notice them. And I hope they don't have their iPhones and iPods and iPads going in such a way that while they're driving, they don't pay attention to the road. But then, what can I say? <laughs> but that's also maybe a reason maybe to have cameras or something set up in areas where things happen to see if you can capture something. I know Christopher O'Brien, one of our other co-hosts, has tried to do that. What do you think of that kind of investigative technique? Well, cameras, I mean, before before Photoshop, before Photoshop, I, I would trust photographic evidence. Now, I, I don't. And I've, I've got students who can, who can make anything up on, on, uh, on, you know, still photos or, or video that look believable. So I, I don't, I don't trust any sort of photography whatsoever. Let's look at the follow-up question. What's your most terrifying experiences when encountering your research and have these, and this is what he says, strange awareness followed you home? So that's like a multi-part question, terrifying experiences and whether something has followed you home. So let's go to both parts. Okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to address the second one first. Uh, one of the things that I don't do is investigate the paranormal. I'm not a paranormal investigator. I don't run around with uh, you know, equipment. The only equipment I have is a notebook, a pen, uh, a camera, and, uh, and a tape recorder. Those are the tools of, of a journalist, so that's how I approach things. Um, because, yeah, things, if you go out looking for them, it, they're going to find you. And, and my wife specifically said, Jason, I, really, I want you to, to do this because you really enjoy it, but do not bring your work home. And so do I, not bring I, UFOs, Bigfoot, or ghosts home either. <laughs> Or don't have uh, have the men in black in for a cup of tea. No, I, so I, I've not had anything follow me home. And what kind uh, of tea do the men in black even like, you know? I, I'm not sure, but they'll drink what I have. They have no choice. Right. But I, I get a little bit of, bit of Earl Grey in the cabinet, so that's, that's what they're going to get. So the uh, former the, now about terrifying experiences. Uh, I really haven't had terrifying experiences. I, I've gone places um, to where I've been uh, of uncomfortable. Uh, I, I really don't get scared because uh, I don't think any of this stuff can really, really hurt me. Bigfoot, on the other hand, yes. Uh, but but ghosts and things like that, I don't 
really think they can hurt me, so so I don't I don't get scared. I, I go to cemeteries at two in the morning. I I hang out at, at midnight at the at the place. You know, somebody hanged themselves in, uh, in 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 a Victorian mansion back in 1894, and it's I, I experienced nothing. The only major things that that have happened have been strange cold spots. Um, I, I heard uh, out of uh, a completely empty room uh, the word Stratton screamed um, in in a house that's purportedly haunted, and uh, there was uh, a guy with me named Stratton who was in the in the other room, and I could hear him. He was yelling at the ghost, "Come out, you! Come out! You're afraid to face me." So that that wasn't terrifying. It was just weird. And he wouldn't come out. That cowardly ghost. That cowardly ghost. Oh, we have to worry about that. Let's move to another question from the forums. Forum.theparacast.com. Shani, one of our regulars, and she's been on the show, by the way. She's really a great lady from the UK, and she says, "I find Jason Offit's reports on the black-eyed people." Phenomenon interesting. Therefore, and this is a three-part question, I would be really interested to know what his personal thoughts are on the origins of these reports. Does he believe genuine non-human entities to be involved? If so, what sort of entity does he think they might be? And here's the fourth part. What's the earliest record he has of this phenomenon being reported? From Shani. Well, I needed to take notes on that. Um, the, um, oh, okay, <laughs> The origins, uh, you know, what, what, what these things are, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I've talked to some people who claim to know. Um, I've talked to people who, or I've talked to one person who claims to be one of these entities. Uh, this person has told me that, that black-eyed people look like us. They have regular eyes until they, you know, get into a heightened emotional state, and their eyes will change black, and they love terrifying people. And that they're uh, an offshoot of uh, their, their race is an offshoot of Eve when she mated with the serpent in, uh, in the Bible, in, in Genesis in the Bible. That's that, that person's explanation as to what what black-eyed people are. Uh, to me, their behavior seems demonic. Um, if if you go in going for that sort of thing, uh, but as to what they are, 100, percent I I don't know. But they are they're terrifying. Uh, there have been uh, a lot of people who have. Um, you know, who, who poo-pooed the whole thing as, as a misidentification, which, which some of them very well could be uh, of, you know, medical medical problem or drug use. And I've interviewed a lot of lot of professionals, not professional drug users, but uh, you know, biochemists and, and physicians. And any case that the pupil gets huge, it will not do what a black-eyed kid is supposed to do, which is cover the entire entire eye. It almost well, sounds like the science fiction movies, and we'll explore the rest of the answer to that question from Shani in just a moment. We have Jason Offit. He's author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. Where else can it be? It's always in your backyard. Thank God it's not mine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. 
One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas Report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. That sound could save your life. In our fast-changing world, you and your loved one may have limited time to escape dangerous nuclear radiation after a power plant accident, terror attack, or dirty bomb explosion. When that happens, you'll be glad you have NukeAlert. More than just a radiation detector, NukeAlert is a patented radiation monitor and alarm used nationwide by federal, state, and local first responders and the Department of Defense. NukeAlert attached to your keychain is always with you and on 24-7 to promptly warn you of unseen but dangerous rising radiation levels. Nuke Alert incorporates a 10-year battery backed up by a 10-year warranty. See Nuke Alert in action at KI4U.com. That's K-I, the number 4, the letter U.com. When ordering anything at KI4U.com, type in GCN in the comment box at checkout and you'll get free two of their new just-released peel-and-stick rad sticker decimeters as a free bonus. Go to KI4U.com today and be ready for anything nuclear unleashed tomorrow. Tired of searching for great talk radio? And I think it really does make a difference. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. 
And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out on iTunes. Nick Redfern is our co-host. Jason Offit is the author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. I'm Gene Steinberg on The Paracast. We are looking at listener questions at forum.theparacast.com. Shani was asking a multi-part question about the black-eyed people. And I was asking also about the fact that this is what you see in horror films. The pupils are either all black or all white, right? Right. The, well, the black, there are black contact lenses uh, that they use, uh, makeup people use in, in those horror movies. Uh, I did a fairly extensive article for Nexus Magazine on black-eyed kids back in, uh, back in the spring, and I interviewed people who uh, have used those black contact lenses. And, and, and black-eyed kids reports are anywhere from seven-year-old, seven-year-old little girls to, to, to people in their 20s. In, in interviewing somebody who, who bought a pair of black contact lenses, told me there's no way anybody until they're like in their late teens would be able to stand having them on. They're extremely uncomfortable. They're really difficult to, to put in and, and they pop out all the time. So, uh, so, so that as an excuse as to, as to this is what black eyed kids are, people playing jokes. It could be the case in, in, in some of the cases of the older kids, but the younger ones know. And, and, and besides, you need to have prescriptions and they cost about 300 bucks a lens. And young kids aren't spending 300 bucks a lens to just have black eyes. Uh, or spoiled so I, I, rich I may, kids might, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so what's the earliest record of this yeah. phenomenon? I, I haven't got anything documented. I, I've, I've talked, talked to people who've said, yeah, I heard back in, you know, back in the day. But the, the earliest documented case only goes back to about 1998. Uh, it occurred in, uh, in Arlington, Texas. A guy named Brian Bethel, who was a newspaper reporter, uh, wrote an encounter that he that he had. Uh, he'd pulled into a strip mall to, at, at night, uh, fairly late at night, to pay his cable bill. He, had to, he was going to slip in the mail slot. And when he was sitting in his car making out a check, two teenage boys, about 14 or 15, wearing hoodies, came up to his the door of his window or the door of his car and said, you got to let us in. you gotta, you got to take us back to our house. We need money for the movies. And he felt automatically like he had to open the door. And he was reaching for the door, to, to unlock it when he looked at the kids and saw that their eyes were completely black and they were still insisting for him to let, let them in. Uh, and he just felt stark terror and, and tore the heck out of there. And as he was driving away, he looked back and there was no, nobody standing where they should have been standing. There was no place for them to hide either. I talked to this guy about, uh, about six months ago and, and he said, you know, it happened in 1998, and it still scares the hell out of him. But, but that's the, the first really documented, documented case we have. Nick, you've covered a lot of different things in your writing career. Did you ever find a black-eyed person? You know, actually haven't. I've read about them in various magazines and publications, and obviously, you know, in the sort of work that, that Jason's done. I do know, you know, some people who go down that path sort of speculate about the whole issue of, alien-human hybrids and things like that. I mean, you know, but then again, you have these sort of paranormal overtones and supernatural aspects as well. So so who knows? I think, you know, it's like a it's like certain phenomena, like the, the black-eyed kids, it almost seems to come out of nowhere. You know, one minute we're dead and we're just the things that have always been with us, Bigfoot, ghosts, etc. And then something will just sort of, you know, shake things up and there'll be a new phenomenon, you know, in the same way that in the crypto field, the, the chupacabra 
pretty much surfaced out of nowhere back in the 1990s. You know, we, we suddenly get these spontaneous developments. Now, whether it's just that people are noticing them more, I think that's a possibility. And when people talk about them more, then other people realize, hey, you know, that's actually what I saw, so they begin speaking about it. I think that's a possibility. But equally, you know, I think there are there is something to be said for the idea that occasionally things like these black-eyed kid stories just seem to indicate maybe that the like the spontaneous generation of a new phenomenon or something. Do you think, Jason, that maybe just talking about events over and over again may trigger some of them to happen? I guess we get back into the John Keel realm there. Given my background, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm skeptic in the, in the true sense of the word. It's not that I'm, I automatically try and discount things. I, I don't. But I try and look at the evidence first. And to me, looking at it logically, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, the more the more I do, uh, and the more I've done research, uh, it, it's making a little bit more a little bit more sense. I have here a skeptical question. Okay, so it's going to be complicated. So you'll have to take notes, and maybe we'll have to take this to another segment of the show. The name of the poster uses the alias Piggy's Beef Trousers. <laughs> Uh, I'm scared already. <laughs> well, okay, here we go. I found Jason's Shadow People book quite frustrating. From what I remember, it mainly came across as a bunch of scary Halloween stories with no real substance to any of it. Enjoyable enough, but lightweight. Okay, that's the criticism. Now he says these are the questions, multiple questions. Could you please ask him what lengths he goes to to check his sources and the background to people's accounts? And whether he's had any experiences himself, well, that's answered already. His journalistic background has led to a style of writing that I sometimes feel, perhaps unfairly, concentrates on creating a good story ahead of presenting convincing evidence in detail. So there's actually one question with a lot of commentary. Jason? Uh, well, about, uh, about it just seems like a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of uh, Halloween stories. Uh, I, I guess maybe they skipped the part where I interviewed psych psychiatrists, physicists, uh, experts in uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Islam, uh, Christianity, uh, American Indian shamanism, the, uh, the exorcist I interviewed. Uh, all of this research I did to, to, you know, to try and answer the question in, in different, uh, you know, in different religions and different cultures, what these, what these shadow people entities, entities are. And I found that these entities are in every belief system, every religious belief system, and they're all about the same type of entity. Uh, they're all, all, all dark foreboding and, and are considered, considered evil, uh, except in Hinduism they're, they're considered uh, you know, spirits going from one realm to the other. Yeah, there are a lot of stories in there, but uh, I, I did quite a bit of research also. Any, anyway, back, back to the... Now, what length do I go to to check my sources? The experts, I'm, I make sure they are who they are. Of the people who are who I, I talk to about about stories that they've, you know, their own experiences, uh, that's their experiences. What I don't really, I can't really do a background check on, you know, the the trucker from Ohio who who saw shadow people sitting in in the cab of his truck. So you can't necessarily go and give these people all lie detector tests, which may be what some people want. Right, yeah, I can't, I can't go sit down and have a beer with everybody I talk to. It might be fun. It might be fun. And you'll get very drunk. It would be, it would be fun. Yeah, you'll get very drunk, though, doing that, right? And you have to drive back home at night. Right, I wouldn't want one of them to. They, they see shadow people. Oh, it gets to be very complicated. Well, I was just to say, may I, may I go back to something, uh, something Nick, Nick had said earlier about 
when we were talking about black-eyed kids and, and do they just appear out of nowhere, and something he said is something that I, I think completely, and let me, I'm relating this to shadow people, is that we started, the media started, or at least the paranormal media started talking about shadow people in the, in the mid-90s and when Art Bell you know, became fascinated with it. Well, I had seen shadow people when I was a child back in the, in the mid-70s, and that's what, in my mind, I called them, because that's what they looked like. I'll tell you what, we get into shadow people in more detail in our next segment. We have Jason Offit, author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. Our co-host is Nick Redfern, and once we explore the shadow people, he'll take over the segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. The summer specials are here. Colloidal silver, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, glucosamine chondroitin, super male plex and female plex, memory power, colon enhancer, and more, all on sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Visit HerbalHealer.com now for big summer savings on longevity products like HGH, resveratrol, colloidal minerals, and hundreds of natural health products. Herbal Healer Academy has been a global leader of safe natural medicine, providing natural supplements, correspondence courses, informative news newsletters with ongoing research information to our members since 1988. Sign up for free online newsletters and don't miss McCain's three-point plan for health at the Herbal Healer Academy website, herbalhealer.com. Find natural ways for weight loss, plus men's, women's, and children's health products, and our famous top-selling four-herb tea. The testimonials are incredible, and so are the summer specials at herbalhealer.com. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature, one person at a time. There are all sorts of things on the market designed to keep you safe when you're out and about. Whistles, mace, you name it. But for real peace of mind for parents, students, and children, you need an iSafe bag. We heard a loud noise, and I could see a flashing in the backpack. The sound was different than a car alarm, so it was a different sound. So we looked to see what it was. I think it's a great idea. Introducing the iSafe bag, a backpack that looks normal until you pull the pin. The iSafe bag emits two powerful sirens and a high-intensity strobe light simultaneously to attract immediate help. Having the iSafe bag gives me a feeling of being safe because I know when I pull the alarm, people will hear it and they'll come and help me. For mobile personal security, get the iSafe bag at iSafeBags.com. That's the letter I-S-A-F-E Bags.com. iSafeBags.com. I thank God that she had that backpack and she had enough sense to use it. It's like having a bodyguard with you all the time. The iSafe bag, the Patented bag with a built-in alarm. Available at iSafeBags.com. 
You've got your gold, water filters, and storable food. Now for complete self-sufficiency, make your own fuel with Revenor.com. Don't laugh. A quality still from Revenor.com and our free book included with every still is all you need to beat the high cost of gas and stop dependence on foreign oil. Find out how easy it is to legally make your own alcohol fuel at R-E-V-E-N-O-O-R.com. Or call 503-662-4173. Revenor.com. Find quality alcohol still. Stills. Did somebody say stills? That's how Grandpappy made his own sour mash, and you can too. Revenue stills can be used to make brandies, liquors, whiskey, vodka, and more, all perfectly legal with a permit. You should check into having your own Revenue still at Revenue.com. That's R-E-V-E-N-O-O-R.com. Or call 503-662-4173. One-year warranty on all stills from Revenue.com. Fine quality alcohol stills. Bringing you the best in alternative talk radio for over 10 years. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You've entered another dimension. You've entered the Paracast. We have Jason Offutt, author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. New book covering events within 100 miles of his home in Missouri. And so he's from Missouri, so he's got to be a skeptical type, right? Exactly. <laughs> Nick Redfern's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Okay, shadow people. Do we equate shadow people with the black-eyed people? Are they almost the same? No, I, I have found nothing that that equates them what 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 i was was kind of saying before before the break is, is the fact that I, I think a lot of these a lot of these uh you know different type of entities that just make it to the mainstream have been with us it's just people haven't talked about it or people think there's something else or or people are afraid to talk about it until they hear a report and go hey wait a second i saw that it's okay for me to talk about it now which is what happened with shadow people and i think is what's starting to happen with the black-eyed kids one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, Jason, do you think there's any sort of correlations or parallels between the shadow people and some of the more paranormal-sounding men in black reports that people like Barker and Keel used to talk about? Not, not the notion of government agents, you know, who happen to dress in, in suits, but the, the sort of the weirder men in black stories. I really haven't seen any any correlation at all, except for there's one type of shadow person uh, who uh, appears to be wearing a suit and fedora. Of course, black, uh, uh, men in black have, you know, clear definition. You know, you can, you know, they they have skin tone, albeit really, really, really white. Shadow people are just look like cookie cutters. They're you know, complete silhouette, uh, and. and Shadow people behavior is uh, ranges anywhere from what I refer to as benign shadow people. Uh, not saying that they are benign, but whoever notices them, the shadow people don't seem to see them. They're just going from point A to point B, and they just happen to be walking through somebody's house to do it. It ranges from that to uh, to shadow people who loom into your room in the middle of the afternoon and, and stare at you with blazing red eyes, or you will uh, wake up in the middle of the night and they will be staring at you. And the person who encounters them feels, you know, feels uh, just a stark fear that they've never felt before. 
and, and get the impression that the shadow person is enjoying that in, encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seems a lot more like, you know, it could be, could, a lot of cases could be a ghost, a lot of cases could be, um, you know, something, something wicked, something, something demonic, for lack of a better term. Uh, but is there something, you know, sentient and ready to, uh, you know, threaten somebody about their UFO encounter? I don't think they have any correlation. Okay. And what was it that sort of prompted you to to write a book about that? I mean, it's a subject that I think people heard about, but, you know, nobody sort of really dealt with it to an in-depth level before. Oh, the shadow was people? It just a case that you'd, yeah, was it just a case that you'd found a lot of reports and decided to collate them? Or? Well, it, it, it happens, it, it all goes back to, to like I said, in the, in, in the mid-70s when I saw these as, mm-hmm. as a kid. I, I could, I, I grew up in, 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 the, in the country and uh, we could leave our window blinds open uh, all the time because there were no houses around and, and it was always bright for, an e- for a night in my room. It was gray. I could... I could see the books on my shelf. I could see see my dresser. I could see the end of the bed. I could see my Farrah Fawcett poster on the wall. So I could see everything really, really clearly. And one night I saw one corner get really black in my room, and this human-shaped shadow walked out of it, walked by my bed, and walked into the hallway. And for the next six to eight months, this kept happening. Sometimes there were one one shadow person. Sometimes there was a line of ten to fifteen. And, and from that point, that really spurred me to, to wonder, what, what the hell are these things? And after, uh, I started writing about the paranormal. I, I, I just had to try and find an answer to that, just because it's, it's bothered me for, for decades. Okay. I was just going to say, just sort of totally moving the uh, goalpost to a completely different area. One of the things that's fascinated me for many years, although it's a subject I've never written about, is time travel. And I know in what lurks beyond, you have a sort of a very sort of weird and intriguing and just generally strange story, which is maybe appropriate for the subject matter, which actually on time travel and someone who I guess the rumor was that he'd either stumbled upon inadvertently or deliberately the secrets of time travel. And I wonder if you could talk about that, because it's almost as interesting from the time travel perspective as it is a personal interest of the person concerned, you know, from a, from a human interest angle. Well, this time travel is something that has fascinated me since uh, since I was a little kid and watched uh, the Enterprise slingshot itself around mm-hmm. the sun. Uh, yeah, I, I had um, heard about this case back in the mid '90s when I didn't live in this area. Uh, it involves a guy named uh, named Mike Markham, who was a 21 year old electric school dropout from uh, Rio Grande uh, College in uh, in Ohio, and he'd moved to a small town called. Stanbury, Missouri, which is 27 miles from where I'm sitting right now, and he was bored one day, and he built a uh, Jacob's Ladder on, on the tabletop, which, uh, for the listeners, a Jacob's Ladder is two uh, uh, vertical pieces of, uh, or I guess diagonal pieces of, of metal, and you send an electric current between them, and it dissipates near the top, and he noticed uh, there was some weird heat signature that shouldn't have been there uh, that was hovering over this thing, so he did what any guy would do. He threw something at it. He picked a finishing screw up and threw it, and it hit that uh, hit the signature, and, and kind of it disappeared for a few seconds, and then reappeared and dropped straight onto the table. And uh, uh, Markham decided right then he came to the conclusion that he'd built a time machine, and he wanted to build a man-sized one to jump through, uh, not to increase the body of knowledge or you know do something good for mankind. He wanted to go in the future and get the lottery numbers. Uh, again. Well, that's commendable. I can dig that. <laughs> that's, uh, he's an American, after all. He wants to get rich quick. And 
to build uh, a man size when he, he needed more juice. So him and uh, a few friends stole six uh, power line transformers from the local power and light station. And when he hooked, the, hooked his machine up, uh, the cops caught him because uh, all the lights in town went off. Uh, this, again, this happened in 95, and I interviewed uh, uh, people who were there at the time of the arrest. I interviewed his arresting officer. I interviewed his jailer, and I interviewed friends of his when he moved to St. Joe later and, and talked about he, he, he was going to build one of these uh, man-sized ones, again, legally, and people from across the country. This story had been on, on the Art Bell Show, and had been in the New York Times, and uh, it was on the AP wire, so it was everywhere. People donated money and equipment to him, and his landlord kicked him out of his apartment in St. Joe because there was a story in the local paper that he was throwing cats through the machine. <laughs> and this is a direct quote from Markham. In, in That's that a violation story. of the lease, by the way. <laughs> I think so. This is a direct quote he said in the, in the news story. That cat thing, it ain't true. But uh, then he disappeared. Uh, his friends hadn't seen him. He didn't say goodbye. He's just gone. And uh, there was some speculation about what happened to him and uh, I actually found somebody in, in Cincinnati, Markham had moved back to Cincinnati, who uh, a number of years ago did, lived in the same apartment complex with Markham and would play video games, and Markham would talk about his time machine and talked about going through it and described the uh, the iPhone to a T, described cert, playing certain video games, and this was years before any of this, this stuff was released. So the guy I talked to is convinced that Markham actually went, you know, went in time. Okay, the iPhone to a T. Where's this documented? Uh, this this is the interview that uh, interview I had with him. Uh, Markham didn't write anything down. Didn't want uh, didn't want any more publicity. So we really don't know we, that we, it, this it, has happened. Sure. We we don't know uh, don't know a hundred percent. That's but unfortunate again, uh, about predictions. You know, on a large scale, the fact that they're seldom documented before the event, and if they are documented before the event, quite often they don't happen. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, quite possibly. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's a, another time travel story that I haven't gone into in the book um, that involves uh, Stephen Gibbs. Uh, you, are either of you familiar with Stephen Gibbs? Yeah, nope. he's, uh, he, We're he's not, but I'll tell you what, let's kind of move that to the next segment of the show. We have Jason Offit. He is author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. And that's not just his backyard. It's my backyard. It's our co-host Nick Redfern's backyard. We're going to start looking at Nick's backyard and see what happens over there in Texas. <laughs> I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S 
Attack, Attack of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. If you're in a service business, that's money ringing in your ears. If your phone's not ringing, chances are it's a problem with your marketing. Landscapers, painters, roofers, carpet cleaners, pet sitters, handymen. Anyone with a residential service business can build a huge and loyal customer base fast with the Magic Yellow Flyer. No more expensive newspaper, yellow pages, or internet pay-per-click ads. The Magic Yellow Flyer will have new customers calling you within one week. The Magic Yellow Flyer marketing system is the most effective and inexpensive way to build a referral-only service business in a short period of time. And the Magic Yellow Flyer comes with an outrageous one-year guarantee. You will get new customers or your money back. For details, go to magicyellowflyer.com. No matter what business you're in, the Magic Yellow Flyer marketing system will work for you. Visit magicyellowflyer.com. Put the Magic Yellow Flyer to work for you today. Visit magicyellowflyer.com. Can you live with minor aches and pains? Maybe. But oftentimes, those won't-go-away pains become so debilitating that we are not able to do things we used to, like go for a walk, garden, or even button a shirt. Now, restore normal function naturally and give yourself the freedom to move with Recovery Extra Strength. Over-the-counter drugs will stop the pain, but at the expense of your liver. Recovery Extra Strength is the number one solution for pain and inflammation. It contains Nutricol, a unique proprietary blend of green tea and grapes, and is made in Canada under strict Health Canada oversight of natural products. If you suffer from arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, back, or other aches and pains, use Recovery Extra Strength. Call 866-543-3388 or go to RemarkableRecovery.com. Get free shipping on orders of $50 or more when you use checkout code GCN Radio. Call 1-866-543-3388 or go to RemarkableRecovery.com for Recovery Extra Strength for pain-free mobility. What is a wind generator? How can the wind produce power for a small cabin? How can wind energy be stored and used during an emergency? Can I assemble my own wind generator? For answers to questions about wind power, visit windbluepower.com. Did you know the wind could provide your family with emergency power? It can with a wind generator from windbluepower.com. Learn how our amazing Light Breeze wind generator kits start charging a 12-volt battery and just 6 mile per hour wind. Or see the new Cyclone X2 dual kit featuring two wind generators on just one tower. And learn why schools and universities across the country utilize our products to teach about wind power and alternative energy at windbluepower.com. All kits qualify for a 30% IRS tax credit for residential energy efficient property. Enter coupon code RADIO for a 5% discount at windbluepower.com. That's windblue BluePower.com or call 800-976-0026. That's 800-976-0026. Tired of searching for great talk radio? Search no more. It's good stuff. We are the GCN Radio Network. We return with another hour spent with Jason Offit. He's author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. In an earlier segment in the previous hour, we did answer, or at least have him attempt to answer the questions from you listeners about all the strange and unknown things that he's been covering. And that's something that we'll be asking you to do for all the guests. Of course, the problem always is, of course, that we don't always have the guests 
lineup before it's too late to figure out what question we should be asking. Okay, time travel. This didn't make it in the book, Jason. And why didn't it make it to the book? Uh, because the book was already finished when uh, when I finally got uh, got this. Uh, uh, anyway, this, this, this gentleman had uh, claims to have gotten plans to build a time machine from himself in the future, and he sells them on the Internet. Uh, you, if you saw Napoleon Dynamite, you saw one of his machines. And uh, a couple of physicist friends of mine and I uh, got a government grant to purchase one, and we're playing with it right now. So, yeah, that's where our tax dollars are going, to buy me a time machine. Well, you know what? That's going to really be the subject of some severe criticisms on certain 24-7 cable stations. So tell me more about this time machine. Oh, it, uh, uh, like I said, any any listener who's seen Napoleon Dynamite uh, has seen this machine, uh, complete with uh, quartz crystal and... uh, uh, and a very large electromagnet you stick uh, you stick between your legs. There is no shocking. Uh, the machine is supposed to uh, take three minutes to warm up, and then you go forward in time. And I discovered that uh, using the machine, I went three minutes forward in time. Um, come again? <laughs> it took three Did minutes to, to warm up. Okay. It takes three minutes to warm up, and then you really went back through time, or you just kind of... Oh, no. I said that three minutes to warm up was the three minutes in the future I went. Oh, Okay. So you really haven't seen any evidence this thing really works? No, not at all. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting story. Have you covered other instances where people claim to have built time machines? Uh, This is the only one I was able to get a grant for, and uh, that's the the only one that I've bought so far. That's also an interesting question, too, which is, okay, folks, how much does a time machine cost? Assuming I want to buy one. I don't have the money for a time machine right now. I will entertain loans from our listenership if you want us to buy a time machine, an official time machine for the PowerCast. You know, you're welcome to contribute. But what does it cost? How much of our tax dollars are being confined to the purchase of time machines? Well, now, now don't look at it negatively. It was about $350. But with that research... With, with what I'm telling you now and with the research that the physicists are doing on the machine, that will save many, many people $350 out of their bank accounts. So I, I personally think it's tax money well spent. And you think also maybe it gives good reason for maybe to have the authorities have a little talk with this person and say, you know what, maybe you shouldn't be selling time machines? Well, let the buyer beware. It's a time machine. And this isn't the, this isn't the first time the government has spent money on something on something like this. I had my uh, my my house uh, was was ruined in a flood back in 1993 and the uh, government came FEMA came and had demanded I tell them exactly what I lost in the flood the only thing that I wasn't able to retrieve out of my house was my beer making equipment and the government bought me new beer making equipment <laughs> which is which which uh, weigh those out which which do you think is more frivolous a time machine or uh, home beer making equipment you know I think in a situation like that maybe it's a mixture of uh of priorities there. If you're a beer drinker, though, the home beer making equipment might be fascinating. Exactly. I got a lot more use out of that than I did the time machine. (laughs) Okay, so you've never explored another time machine kind of device. Now, have you reported back to this person and say, hey, guys, you know what? Your machine isn't working. It's not doing it. What mistakes am I making? Uh, I have tried. The person, uh, uh, I have a feeling, has found out that I write about these topics uh, because I haven't, uh, he hasn't returned phone calls. Uh, hasn't responded to letters I've written, so I've, I've made plenty of, te- of attempts. Uh, everything but going and knocking on his front door. Well, that, that might be a plan. Yeah, might be a plan to do that next and see what happens, see whether he throws you out. Now, what about missing time? 
Okay, so we have the time machine. Forget the time machine. One of the common things that happen, especially in connection with UFO abductions, but maybe not, missing time. Do we see missing time in this book? Uh, no, no, not no missing time. I have personally had missing time, but only uh, only about three minutes. But uh, no, no, no accounts in the book. You've personally had missing time. Not we're referring to this machine that didn't work and took three minutes to warm up, but something else. Right. Once uh, I was uh, working the the night shift at the newspaper, and I was driving home, which was uh, uh, about a fifty minute drive, and and I got to uh, a spot that said five miles to to the town I was going to, and. I thought this is this is great because as soon as I hit that sign, uh, my favorite Rolling Stones song, uh, "Gimme Shelter," came on the radio. It was just four minutes and thirty-two seconds long. I figured, yeah, this is great. I can listen to the song all the way home. And then I don't remember anything else until my engine started dragging because I had it on cruise control and I was going up a hill. And, and the problem is there weren't any hills between where I was and the town I was going to, and it was quite foggy. And I had no idea where I was, and I went up and down a couple more hills until I saw a light. And I pulled in, and it was uh, uh, it was a Jehovah's Witness church that was sitting out in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. And I realized where I was. I was five miles on the other side of of the town I was going to. And as I was sitting there, I realized "Gimme Shelter" was still playing, and it played for another minute and a half. So, so either they did an instant replay, or something weird happened to you, or maybe you fell asleep at the wheel. Well, I, I can't say fell asleep at the wheel because I had the cruise control on and uh, I drove 10 miles. Was it a straightaway kind of drive or is it something that requires a lot of curves? There were quite a few curves. And again, uh, again, I went up a couple of hills that, uh, that also had curves. So I have no idea. I'm not saying it was paranormal, but that's, that's my missing time story. And we kind of think, though, if this really happened and he just fell asleep, we wouldn't be talking to Jason off it in this reality. Probably not. Hmm. So that was your missing time. Now, do you have a feeling as to what causes missing time in general? Is it what the UFO abductees think, that maybe E.T. is just causing them to forget what happened? It could be epilepsy for all, for all I know. I, I, have, I have no idea uh, what, what causes this. There is something I'm, I'm thinking about exploring because there, there have been a lot of paranormal uh, encounters with, with people that I've interviewed, and they've come out to say, oh, I suffer from depression. So I'm wondering if, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, clinical medical, uh, medical mental medical condition is associated with the paranormal, not that the, the medical condition causes it, that maybe that they're, they're just associated, and maybe all of this uh, accounts for the missing time as, a, as opposed to people being abducted. I also worry about instances which happen in people's beds because you could be dreaming. You can have some pretty wild dreams. I know I've had some. I know my wife on occasion dreams about her late mother and her late father, but we can't say necessarily that either are visiting her. Well, right. I, in, especially in, in my book, on Darkness Walks on, on Shadow People, um, I discounted m most of the stories that I received because they were clearly... Um, uh, in a, received in a hypnagogic, hypnagogic state where uh, you're, you're in, in deep REM sleep, your body's been flooded with, with chemicals from your brain that basically paralyze you so you won't thrash around all night with involuntary muscle movements, but you wake up for some reason and you're still in that great dream state and you can't move and you can see all sorts of crazy dream things, you know, shadow people, ghosts, uh, your, your, your dead aunt, uh, uh, ETs, vampires, whatever, and you can't do anything about it until... You know, you, you snap out of that, that awake-slash-dream state. 
Well, that's the important thing about dream state. How much of the so-called paranormal instances that we see might be caused by dream state issues? Well, a, a lot of them can, and you've got to got to take into consideration, you know, where people are. If there there are a lot of, you know, like I said, the, the abduction cases are from from people's beds. Are are they dreaming? Is are they in that hypnagogic state? Yeah, a lot of cases they probably are. All of them, I I, I can't say that. But a lot of cases where I mean, where people experience something in broad daylight and they're wide awake, I I, I have a lot more put a lot more credibility in, into that. Now, in the, looking over cases for this book, what portion? covers that or anything related to ufos you do much ufo coverage well i i did some i did the uh, the, the herb Shermer case there was also another case uh jacques fillet uh, investigated back in december of 1977 in uh, council bluffs iowa uh that, that had to do with six or seven people saw from different corners of, of this large park they saw after dark this glowing red ball or glowing white ball with a red ring around it uh, and then they saw something red drop from beneath it and into the park, and then the thing took off into the sky. And the people converged on this spot uh, along with the fire department, and there was a big, big uh, chunk of, of slag uh, that was sitting that was sitting there and melting into the snow, melting into the, into the earth, into the frozen ground. Uh, the, the center of it was still white. It was so hot. Um, and nobody knew where, where it came from. Nobody could explain rationally where it was about 2,000 pounds of, uh, of molten slag that was, you know, appeared in this park. I'll tell you what, we'll uh, look into that molten metal and follow this up in a moment. Jason Offit, author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. The co-host is Nicholas Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We still have Nick Redfern, <laughs> and we're exploring the book, What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard, page after page, cover to cover with Jason Offit. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast in our final hour. And you were talking about molten metal appearing where again? In, uh, in a park called Big Lake, Lake Park in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, yeah, like I said, about, about six people in, in uh, various 
points of the park saw this glowing object, this white glowing object with a red ring around it, drop uh, something red from underneath it and then take up and take off in the sky. And when, when they went to the spot, there was 2,000 pounds of molten slag sitting on a levee in this park. And like I said, it was I mean, still white hot in the center. Um, there was a, a seldom used railway station, or rail, not station, but, but uh, railroad tracks very well, fairly close to it, but, and, and that's what people tried to say, well, they just dumped the slag. Well, I mean, it was, you know, it was 200 yards away from this spot. But, you know, how, how, how was that possible? Nobody could really answer the question. The only answer that came was what this stuff was, and it was smelter slag. It was what was left over when all the good bits of metal were, were taken out. Uh, I said Jacques, Jacques Vallée um, did, uh, investigated this and did a, published a research paper on various accounts just like this all over the world. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that, that still hasn't been explained. Wasn't there like a, an investigative team came out from a local Air Force base or something like that? Is that that same case? Oh, yes. Uh, it's from a local Air yeah. Force base, which was Offutt. It still is Offutt Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they they came out and and uh, and looked at it. They took some of of the slag. Some of the slag was also sent uh, to uh, Wright Patterson Field, and I tried to to file a Freedom of Information Act request with them, and and got all. Uh, they claimed to have absolutely none of it. They claimed to know nothing about it, even though there were well documented reports that hmm. that you know in in newspapers and in magazine articles at the time that investigators from Wright Patterson came and took some of the material. I did speak with somebody from Ames, Iowa, at the, at the university, who was on uh, on faculty then at, at the time, who personally looked into this and, and claimed that it was just smelter slag. But still, it really it really hadn't been explained adequately. And why would it be dropped there? Uh, well, one of the one of the, the speculations from from UFO researchers is that UFOs do you know they, they will extract metal from the ground and take take from it what they need and just dump the excess wherever they wherever they happen to be. You know, if you look through the historical UFO field back in 1947, the Maury Island case that many now consider to be a hoax, what was happening? Well, UFOs were dropping slag into the river. Right, and that's yeah. that's one of the cases that, uh, that that Jacques Vallée mentions in his in his uh, in his report. He does mention the Maury Island case, uh, along with cases in in Brazil and and uh, in Europe. But analyzing all this material, it's never weird. It's always normal. Always, always. There's um, uh, a guy named uh, Bob White that I interviewed from Reed Spring, Missouri. Who yes, he was on the, the Paracast during our first year. Right, yeah, he uh, he found, so you're familiar with this, he found some material that, that he saw fall from what he said was, was a UFO, a light uh, that took off and, and vanished into the sky, and, and when he's had it in, investigated, it was just what, you know, what just what they found in Council Bluffs. It was just smelter slag. So that's pretty common, I think. Mm. Now, uh, another UFO case uh, happened a lot closer, uh, about 11 miles from where I'm sitting right now, back in the, uh, back in the uh, early 1980s. Uh, I interviewed uh, the first person who found this. Um, he was 14 years old at the time and was walking the soybean field, and, and that's what happens in the Midwest. Farmers hire 14-, 15-year-old kids to walk through with machetes and cut down all the weeds. Uh, and he and his brother were walking, and they found burn marks, scorch marks on the soybeans, and then they found like a 10- to 15-foot crater. 
and scorch marks on the other side that looked like something had hit the earth and skipped off. Uh, nobody ever could find the object that skipped off. Investigators from Offutt Air Force Base came down from the FAA, from um, you know, lo- the local university. Scientists came over to try and determine what happened. And nobody could determine what had happened there or what the object was. But the interesting thing is, during the course of the summer, the soybeans within 15 feet of that crater grew twice as tall as everything else, and there were no weeds that would grow in that area, which is fairly fascinating to me. So the alien gardening techniques are the ways they landscape. Maybe we should learn something from them. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Jason, just completely off track uh, <laughs> compared to UFOs, is sort of this weird story of what became known as, or who became known as Jim the Wonder Dog. That's that's a, that's a terrific story, Jim the Wonder Dog. Yeah. Um, in uh, in Marshall, Marshall, Missouri. Now I did cheat on this. This is just a little bit outside my hundred mile radius, but uh, uh, it's just too fun of, fun of a story for me to leave out. In the 1920s, uh, a man named Sam Van Arsdale, who owned a hotel in uh, in Marshall, Missouri, which is in close to central Missouri, but not quite. Um, a friend of his gave him a hunting dog, a uh, English Llewellyn setter that was the runt of a litter. And, of course, you don't want that. You want the alpha male. So, uh, but, but the joke was on, on Van Arsdale's friend because this thing became the best hunting dog in the state. There were all sorts of magazines and newspaper articles about what a great hunting dog this was. And then Van Arsdale noticed something. When he would just ask a question or make a statement, Jim would go do it. Like, I wonder how many people are standing in the hotel lobby from Kansas City, and Jim would go up to individuals, and Van Arsdale would walk up and ask where they're from. Oh, I'm from Kansas City. He would start asking, uh, Jim, go find the man in, in the brown shoes. If there was one man in this lobby with brown shoes, Jim would go find them. He would go find specific license plate numbers. He would go find specific colors. Uh, I interviewed, uh, she's rather elderly now. She's uh, in her mid to late 80s. But she was a young girl uh, back when, when Jim was alive. And one day she was, uh, one Saturday she was in, in the hotel uh, lobby because that was a, a meeting place. And she had 10 pennies in her purse. That's, that's the allowance her parents got her. And Van Arsdale knew this. And he said to Jim, go find the girl with 10 pennies in her purse. And he went directly to this girl. Uh, the girl started crying because she didn't want Jim to take her money. But, but the dog would follow commands in German, Spanish, Italian, uh, Latin, would uh, follow written commands in shorthand in various languages. And, you know, Van Arsdale was just a guy from central Missouri. He didn't know how to speak anything, probably couldn't speak English that well. So nobody could really explain what, what this dog was doing. Uh, he predicted uh, the sex of a baby. If a woman came in and asked, what, you know, is it going to be a boy or a girl, Jim could pick it out. Uh, he predicted Kentucky Derby winners and things like this. It was all pretty fascinating, and, and Hollywood even came to try and buy Jim from, uh, from from Van Arsdale because, you know, if you have a dog that can read the script, you don't need to train it. But Van Arsdale just wanted to hunt. He, To his credit, he didn't try to make money off Jim. And have you found, come across any other kind of stories along those lines of, I guess, I know, psychic animals, ghostly animals, things like that? Well, I've talked to people, uh, there are a couple of, uh, about this, and, and all I've you know, been able to come up with is there's a couple of fairly famous cases involving uh, horses. 
that mm-hmm. could do uh, could do you know certain certain trick like like things that that made them seem mm-hmm. psychic. But 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 come to find out, their owners were were prompting them. Nobody could ever find this this out with Jim. So have they you ever found any other instances where dogs do really really weird stuff? Well, not 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 really weird. Just I mean. <laughs> Pets will act uh, like there's somebody in the room when there's not. I mean, there might be somebody in the room. We just just can't see them. The the only thing I, I can see with animals that's anywhere psychic is I don't like cats, and any time I'm in the room with a cat, it sits right in my lap. It's trying so. to convince you that you have to change your ways, Jason. <laughs> it must be it. I stay away from cats because my wife is allergic to cat hair. So I have no choice there, you know. Not that I dislike oh, yeah. cats, but, you know, there you go. We have Jason Offit. He is author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. We've been exploring all the strange events with some slight cheating in one case where he looked into a paranormal event that happened a little bit outside of his jurisdiction, but we won't say anything to his publisher about it. Nick Redfern joins us this week as co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors, have you been thinking about starting a website? Well, I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a world-famous leader in web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and great selection of templates. Use the coupon code POWERCAST. Once again, use the coupon code POWERCAST and sign up at this special address, thepowercast.com slash gator. That's G-A-T-O-R, thepowercast.com slash gator. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Men, when you want the spark back in your love life, when you want to bring back intimacy, when you want to please the special woman in your life, use Mojo Ryzen. Mojo Ryzen is a safe, revolutionary herbal sexual formula for men that combines ancient Chinese school of thought and modern science to significantly support stamina, performance, and pleasure. Mojo Ryzen is a proven 100% natural product that works the first time, every time. Mojo Ryzen works even after consuming alcohol. Mojo Ryzen will not give you unwanted 
side effects. Mojo Ryzen will allow you to give your partner what they deserve. Try just three capsules of Mojo Ryzen, and if not completely satisfied, send back the remainder for a full refund. Buy Mojo Ryzen at mojo-radio.com. That's mojo-radio.com. Or call toll-free 1-877-330-1120. That's 877-330-1120. Go big, go strong with Mojo Ryzen all night long. Where have all the military surplus stores gone? Don't worry, you don't need one. Because everything you need at Military Surplus is at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. One of the last surviving true military surplus stores in the country. Go online now to MainMilitary.com and discover a source for hard-to-find surplus items at true surplus prices. Surplus gun cleaning kits as low as $2.99. Complete chemical suits as low as $11.99. See our huge selection of gas masks, filters, and accessories. Finish it. M10 gas masks are three for $30, and Swiss filters are three for $12. Searching for Strike Anywhere matches? MainMilitary.com has them, plus a whole new product line of survival and first aid kits and lots more. Get free shipping on orders over $50 only at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. Or call 877-608-0179, 877-608-0179. MainMilitary.com, the main name in military supply. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. You guys are awesome. I love the station. I really do. GCN. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com Nick Redfern is our co-host. The guest is Jason Offit, author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard. You mentioned Air Force Base. Is that the same name as your name? Yes. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we're related way back uh, way back when, but uh, there aren't many Offits around, so uh, there's a very good case mm-hmm. we are. Oh, he's the, uh, he's the first uh, person to die, first pilot to die in World War One. So your he's family goes back quite a few years in this country. Uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, my dad was in uh, Sons of the American Revolution, so we've been we've been here for quite a long time. Mm. Well, my family came from Eastern Europe. My grandparents. So I'm just a latecomer. Nick, you want to follow up on this? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I read Jason's book. I was fascinated by it, and. Uh, one of the areas that gets covered, and I think, you know, it's an area that surfaces now and again is, I guess, ghostly famous figures and certainly one of the uh, the most well-known ones, if not the only well-known one that, that Jason covers in his book, is the whole story of Jesse James, the, uh, the well-known outlaw. And I just wondered if, number one, Jason, you could talk about this case, and number two, if you have any theories as to why... You know, people seemingly see the ghosts of famous people more than anybody else. You know, is it just some sort of deep-seated need to believe they're still around, or is it for whatever reason, you know, belief in them and fascination in them provokes them to appear? Who knows? Well, yeah, maybe it's it's what the person wants to see. Maybe somebody's like, I'm in Jesse James' birthplace. I really want to see Jesse James. Oh, wait a second, there there he is. 
Uh, it, it, it might be that, or it might be that they just recognize these people more than a lot of ghosts <laughs> that people encounter. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really not really not sure. Maybe maybe certain famous ghosts just have the ego. <laughs> Their ego lives lives longer than they did. Uh, yeah, I, I covered uh, Jesse and Frank. I'm, I'm still waiting to get ghost stories on two other famous Missourians, Mark Twain and, and Walt Disney, but uh, none of those have surfaced. Anyway, yeah, the, the Jesse James farm in Kearney, Missouri, Frank was not born there, but Jesse was, and uh, there have been numerous encounters, uh, mostly with Frank James at the at the home, because after Frank had uh, uh, gotten out of prison, uh, he and his and his wife uh, Annie lived at the home, and he would give tours of it because the James boys were famous, and he would he would give he would give tours to people who wanted, walked by, and Annie absolutely hated this. And there have been lots of people who have reported seeing uh, somebody who, uh, who looked like Frank James, you know, looking at them through the window. Jesse and Frank's mom, Zerelda, uh, actually Jesse's wife's name was Zerelda, too, and as common as that name was not, uh, guess what side of the family she's from. <laughs> In, anyway, uh, his, his mom, if somebody's inside the house, there have been lots of reports, if somebody says anything disparaging about his mother, things will fall off the shelves. Uh, one woman said something, uh, one of the docents there said something about, Jesse's mom and the uh, earpiece to the phone that was mounted to the wall flew off toward her, and she said it would have hit her except for the she was farther away than the cord was. So at, at the Jesse James home, there have been quite a few reports of, like I said, Frank and, and some of Annie and, and definitely of Jesse's mom. So his mom is a real mama grizzly, huh? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say anything bad about her. Now, Frank, uh, at, at the nearby in, in uh, Independence, Missouri, which isn't, isn't too far from, from, uh, from Kearney, uh, Frank was in jail there for a while after uh, uh, he finally got finally got busted, uh, and he was treated as as a celebrity. He uh, had a room all to himself, a cell all to himself. The door was left open, just like uh, Otis the Drunk in uh, on the Andy Griffith Show. He could just come and go as he pleased. He would have dinner with the marshal and smoke cigars. And people uh, uh, report smelling cigar smoke there all the time, and it's uh, on the National Register of Historic Places now. And you can't smoke. People, you know, they have to freshen the bed up uh, almost every morning because it looks like somebody slept in it overnight. And one Christmas, they put a Christmas tree in Frank's uh, in Frank's cell. The next morning, uh, the person who closed the building opened the building. Nobody else had been there, and, and the Christmas tree had been thrown out into the hallway. So there have been, like I said, a lot, lot more reports about Frank than Jesse. Well, maybe Frank has a stronger personality? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Or maybe Jesse lived until he was 150, like the people in Texas think. <laughs> but looking back at those histories, have you explored the actual life history of these fabled figures of the past? Oh, well, I've read quite well, as, as any Missourian probably did, and you know, growing up in, in elementary school and high school, I mean, that's we we had to read about a lot of a lot of these people. So I know know a bit about uh, about Jesse and a, a bit about Bob and Charlie Ford. Also, um, there was. A house in Richmond, Missouri, which is about 15 minutes away from where I grew up, that the Ford family lived. And Charlie tried to kill himself, and he gave himself a head wound in the house. And I talked with people who who purchased the house. uh, And in one closet in this home, they smelled death. And they never could figure out what it was. They thought it was a mouse. Now, when you say smelling death, in what sense? What are we sensing? uh, Something that's been dead for a while, something rotting. They thought it was a dead mouse in, in, in the walls, and they tore the walls up and, and couldn't find anything. Uh, and eventually, 
I don't put a lot of stock in psychics, but eventually they, they had a psychic come to the house, and the psychic said a few words, and all of a sudden the smell was gone. Didn't use Lysol. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. That could have helped. Okay, well, I don't want to smell death, but I live in a relatively new place here. It's maybe 15, 20 years old, so I don't think that's going to happen. What about your home, Jason? Ever see anything really weird about it? Does it have a strange history? Is it just a recent development? Uh, it's uh, built in 1978, so no, there's really, really nothing here. Nothing here at all. Mm. There, was, uh, there was something interesting um, in the house uh, we owned before, before we moved to, uh, to this town. Uh, it was a really old house. It was built uh, built in the late 1800s, and my wife and I just just had a had a baby. And uh, to get from our bedroom to the bathroom, you'd walk through the nursery. And about two or three o'clock in the morning, when my wife would get up to use the restroom, she would notice something that she said looked like Tinkerbell from uh, from Peter Pan over over our baby's bed. And when she stared at it, it disappeared. And I didn't think much of it until I saw it. And like I said, I don't take much stock in psychics, but I was interviewing a, a psychic not too long after I saw it, and she said, you're experiencing something weird in your house. And I explained to her the light over the baby's crib, and I didn't say the baby was a boy. I didn't say the baby's name, but she goes, well, that light's just your grandfather, Sam, who's uh, looking after his namesake, and she nailed it. <laughs> she had Could no she have done research about you before coming there, though? Well, she didn't come there. She didn't come to the house. I called her at her house completely out of the blue. I'd never met her. Uh, I just started writing uh, writing my first book about uh, ghost stories, so she had no no way of knowing who I was. And she she couldn't Google you there. fast enough. Uh, this no, this was God, when was this? Back uh, 2005, I think, when I when I talked with her. So no, I, I, I there's no way she could have done any research on me because, like I said, I just. I, I read something about her in, uh, in, in, in a newspaper because she's one of those psychics who uh, worked with the police department to find missing people. I found her name and said uh, what town she lived in, looked her up in, the, in, in, in a telephone directory and called her. And out of the blue, she gives you all this frightening information. Yeah. I don't know how I'd react to that. We have Jason Offit. He's author of What Lurks Beyond, The Paranormal in Your Backyard. Maybe the... <laughs> airport is named after some member of his family. We'll never know. Or maybe we will know. <laughs> Nicholas Redfern is our co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Fortean phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. When you hear the words water purification, what comes to mind? If it's Berkey Water Purification Systems, this message is for you. 
Did you know that over 60% of municipal water contains fluoride? Add less than two cents per gallon. Berkey water filters purify treated and untreated water, remove dangerous chlorine, fluoride, and contaminants from municipal water. These filters are powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, making them perfect for rainwater collection systems. From the smallest to the largest systems, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has what you need. With your system purchase, you'll receive a shower filter, a fluoride filter, or two sport Berkey bottles absolutely free. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com would like to offer GCN listeners 5% off all ceramic filter systems and ship all orders over $50 free of charge. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY today. If you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Warning for all Gulf Coast disaster survivors. Be aware that dangerous gases are in the air you breathe. Benzene, hydrogen sulfide, methylene chloride, and Corexit 9500. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. For all Gulf Coast residents and all who want to be healthy, HempUSA.org brings you a new formulation of microplant powder with lactobacillus acidophilus, rebuilding your immune system while detoxing the rest of your body, pulling out positive toxins, heavy metal, viruses, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Microplant powder will help eliminate these dangerous chemicals from the body used in the Gulf cleanup. At HempUSA.org, we want you to try our number one selling detox product, Microplant Powder. Call and order at 1-908-691-2608. 1-908-691-2608. Or visit us at HempUSA.org today. Tired of searching for great talk radio? Search no more. I'm told that it has everything. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have two more segments with Nick Redfern, our guest, Jason Offit author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard, I'm going to move to a totally different subject. There's a chapter in there I noticed about someone being possessed. And of course, those of you who have watched exorcism movies can appreciate this. Tell us the story. Well, this is a story about, uh, about a young man named Travis White. And when he was in his late teens, he started noticing uh, a shadow person in, in his house, uh, it was out of the corner of his eye, and uh, eventually it started getting more and more into his direct line of sight until he could see it straight on. And one time when he saw it, it 
peeled a hood back and he could see the face. And he said that it was hideously scarred and said the nose was broken. And, and it said it just it looked horrible. And the thing started talking to him. And he, and he knew that nobody else would be able to see this if they were in the room. Just just him. And he knew How did he know else. that? How did he know that nobody else would that, see this person he or just, this he, thing? He had a feeling at the time when he first started seeing it. He did start seeing it when people were in the room, and no, nobody else saw it. Nobody else could hear the uh -huh. thing. Okay. The thing would talk to him when he was in church, and he would look around, and nobody, nobody was reacting to it. Uh, when when he uh, specific things like going to church, the voice would keep telling him to get out, and he would get a headache, and his headache would get pro progressively worse until it chased him out. It chased him out of the of, of the sanctuary, and when he when he left, his headache would would automatically disappear. This thing would start telling him to do things like get in your get in your truck, and he would get in his truck and wake up uh, three hours later, and he would be 150 miles away, sitting in in his truck that still started uh, in in front of a convenience store, and he had no idea how he got there. Uh, the thing hated his girlfriend and would would tell him. You got to get rid of your girlfriend. Get rid of her. And and when he when Travis was around his girlfriend, the thing was gone, which means he probably should have married that girl. But and when she he was talking to her on the telephone, the thing he he would feel that it was wasn't anywhere near him. But as soon as he left his girlfriend's house or got off the phone, it would come back and it would be angry and hit him with with headaches again. Uh, he eventually broke up with the girl. The uh, the thing then started telling him that he had to get rid of his father. And at that point, he started talking to his dad about it. And his dad's a big churchgoer, and they had prayer session after prayer session after prayer session. And, and finally, the thing left. Uh, Travis said that it didn't disappear, but it's in the back of his head somewhere. He knows it's there. It just hasn't reared its head again. Uh, Travis is uh, 24 now and uh, is the night manager at Taco Bell. But he's, he seems to be doing pretty well. And in this case, actually really means... Uh, a bit to me because uh, we we go to church with these people, <laughs> we go to each other's house for dinner and and uh, and I know them extremely well and and uh, and Travis both Travis and and his father this physically it, I can tell that it, that that it really upsets them. Now the skeptics in our audience are going to say maybe he should go to a psychiatrist and get some more intensive therapy to find out what's going on to look for mental demons rather than physical ones. Well, yes, and of course, that, there's that. Uh, I'm I'm with the really old school, thousands of year old, uh, you know, sort of uh, sort of cure. We need to drill holes in people's heads. Oh, Gotta that's one answer. <laughs> Any other instances of possession, or maybe something that requires exorcism? Well, not 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 in this not in this book. No, uh, this was my one case of of exorcism. I I try and stay away from from the darker ones, but. Uh, you know, the the occasional dark story I like to stick in. So I know that when you're talking about sort of paranormal and supernatural things, one thing that you cover in the book is the whole issue of the use of Ouija boards and, you know, how that comes into play with the paranormal and what people think about them, etc. I just wondered, you know, if you had any sort of interesting stories to tell about the cases you investigated and, you know, what conclusions you come away from the whole notion of, you know, of using Ouija boards, etc. Well, I'm when it comes to, to, to Ouija boards or seances or automatic writing or just talking to things in a in a in, a, in an empty room. Um, any of this is you know an invitation. You're saying, hey, somebody I can't see, something I can't see, come and talk to me. Uh, and if something is out there, and if something um, nasty is 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 waiting around to, to, for an invitation to talk to you, uh, that's the invitation. 
if if I were to use a, a, a Ouija board, would something happen? I don't know. Prob- probably not. I the only I, I used a Ouija board once, and that was in high school, and that was just to hit on some chick. Uh, <laughs> did but, you get the uh, chick? Yes, I did. Oh. Yes, I. And which 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 goes to show the Ouija boards are bad because that was just the uh, uh, worst thing that could have happened to me. Be careful but, uh, what you wish for, or who you wish for, or who right. you wish for. Sorry, people. Um, right, but but it, all the interviews uh, I've done, uh, all the people who who have worked with Ouija boards, things bad things happen, and I try to just warn people to stay away from from something where traditionally bad things happen. Uh, and I said saying something into an, you know, into an empty room. I uh, interviewed a guy from South Missouri who uh, hunts, and he owns uh, quite a bit of land, and he has a trailer, uh, a little pop-up trailer, uh, you know, way back in the woods that he uses when he goes deer hunting. And he went out one night, uh, the night before deer deer season started a couple of years ago, and was sitting around the campfire having a couple of beers, and said he didn't feel like he was alone and he said out into the darkness you know I, I think something's out there if you're out there come sit by the fire and have a beer with me and later in the evening his uh uh the trailer started rocking like crazy he couldn't see anything out you know of, of the holes that he had to, to look at he tried to open the door the door was locked from the outside and that's not possible <laughs> it, it doesn't lock from the outside it just locks from the inside and he he told whatever was out there shaking the trailer to, to move. He was going to shoot at the door, and he blasted the door until, until the lock came open, and there was nothing out there. And after that point, whenever he walks by a door, the door moves at least six inches. He said no matter where he is or the weight of the door. So he's convinced that, that whatever he invited to sit next to him by the fire came and, and stuck with him. It hasn't done anything bad, but it creeps the hell out of him. Did you ask him to demonstrate this to you? Uh he, uh, he, I, I interviewed him, uh, interviewed him and, and uh, some of his family members over, over the phone, but he, he lives uh, a good eight-hour drive from me, so no, I didn't. This is not something that you're going to come to his house and say, okay, move that door six inches. Yeah, no, no, well, if he lived closer, I would. So in general, Ouija boards, I don't know. I've always been concerned about them, but the only time I really used them, I was a teenager, and my best friend's mother seem to have luck, but I think she was just putting us on. And that's a good question, too. With a Ouija board, how much of it is just subconscious movement of the thing there? Well, it it could be. I mean, there's uh, you could easily do some sleight of hand to make the planchette move. Uh, I'm not not saying I'm a believer in Ouija boards. It's just uh, something I just really don't want to play with. You never tried, you never attempted, huh? Well, just like I said, just that one time, and it didn't end. It didn't end well. Right, and you'll never do it again. Never. So, is that a warning here? Are there things people should do to avoid encountering so-called evil paranormal events? Uh, yeah, no, no invitations. <laughs> Don't call out. Hey, come, come and join me. Uh, yeah, like I said, the the Ouija board or, or trying to do automatic writing or um, things of that nature. I, I mean, depending on, on, on your religion, certain things from other religions you shouldn't do. I, I mean, if, if you're a hardcore Christian, yeah, stay away from Wicca. Uh, of course, if you're a hardcore Wicca, you might want to stay away from Christianity, but <laughs> it, 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 it all has to do with somebody's belief system. And, and, and my belief system is uh, just stay out of the way of these things. Mm. So you're seeing in a lot of cases where people don't stay away from these things, 
they live to regret it. Right. Well, and let's go back with uh, you know with, with with the Wicca. I interviewed a woman from St. Louis a number of years ago who uh, just innocently bought a, a book of spells and and uh, she bought this old farmhouse and she lived there for a while and uh, everything was perfectly normal and then she found the book of spells she'd bought months ago and you know, started to do a couple of minor ones and all sorts of things started happening in, in her house. You know, footsteps up and down the up and down the hallway in the middle of the night. Uh, doors opening and closing, and then she started seeing uh, a shadow man in, in her house. I'll tell you what, uh, we'll get to the shadow man and the other phenomena in a moment. Jason Offit, author of What Lurks Beyond, joining us, co-host is Nicholas Redfern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. If you're a regular listener of this station, then disaster survival is vitally important to you and your family. Long-term food storage, water filtration, emergency food preparation, and quality survival products are not just talk topics, but a way of life. We strongly believe in being prepared for any emergency. We are foodandwaterstore.com, owned and operated by people who are into emergency preparedness. And because we are preppers like you, we own and use the products we offer. You'll find quality name-brand proven products like Global Sun Ovens, Wonder Mill Flour Mills, Mountain House foods, Sachel and Berkey water filters, and many more, plus videos and articles at foodandwaterstore.com. 90% of our customers are return customers because of our low prices and excellent customer service. We still believe the customer is always right. Discover what your family needs to weather any storm at foodandwaterstore.com or call 1-877-773-7123. Foodandwaterstore.com, helping you prepare for the storms of life. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. 
If your handgun is loaded and easy to get to, it's also dangerous. What if you could reach your loaded handgun instantly and still provide a margin of safety for your family? Introducing the Drag and Draw Gun Vault from MyQuickSafe.com. The Drag and Draw Gun Vault is a small portable gun safe for subcompact pistols or snub nose revolvers. It's made of heavy gauge steel, padded inside, and uses your fingerprint to open and close. With the Drag and Draw Gun Vault, you'll now be able to keep your handgun locked and loaded without fear of an accident. See the revolutionary Drag and Draw Gun Vault in action and order yours online at MyQuickSafe.com. That's MyQuickSafe.com. Or call toll-free 877-327-0365. 877-327-0365. That's 1-877-327-0365. Or go to MyQuickSafe.com. Stay locked, loaded, and safe with the Drag and Draw Gun Vault from MyQuickSafe.com. On air, online, and on demand. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We have our final session with Jason Offit, author of What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard, and we're talking about this person who decided to play with spells and live to regret it. Let's continue. Well, yeah, a lot of uh, ghostly type activity happened in this house that hadn't started until she until she tried to cast a couple of spells, and and it built up to the point to where she she started seeing a, a shadow person uh, in her house, and the shadow person started getting more bold, and she started to hear her name whispered, uh, and after that, I completely lost contact. She didn't didn't want to talk about it anymore. Or she ran off I'm, I'm not sure but the, the the point is with with spells or you know it if you don't have a, a a cdl you can't don't drive a big truck okay if you're not trained to do an exorcism don't try to do an exorcism that that's that's kind of my, my point on ouija boards if you don't know what you're doing don't don't do it stay back but how do you know what you're doing what kind of training is there to use a ouija board do we have ouija board school well, there, well there, there are lots of people out there who claim they know what they're doing, but it, it's a Ouija board. Who knows what they're doing? So, again, basically, my, my, my thought is, yeah, just stay away. Don't, don't poke the bear. Let's poke the bears in a different way in this final section of the Paracast. And that is, how do we take all these events, tons of stuff happening in your neighborhood? We know wherever we go around the world, there will be other cases similar, maybe some different. But how in the end can we possibly take all this stuff and figure out what's really happening? How can we prove it to a point where real scientists, as opposed to the few that do explore here, but just mainstream scientists will say, you know what, this is worth looking into? Well, it's, you, you just have to show, show them enough evidence. And, and what mainstream scientists have, I mean, Dr. John Mack, when he started doing his research, realized, oh, wait a second, there's something going on. Uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, the uh, uh, the anthropologist of Utah State or Idaho State, I don't I don't remember uh, when he started doing a little bit of research. And oh, let me take a look at these you know big bigfoot uh, you know foot cast, plaster cast. And then he noticed, wait a second, these couldn't have been faked. This is a primate footprint. You know, and, and until you pique somebody's interest like that, you know, it, it's not going to be proven to scientists. The problem is. You know, scientists, you're not going to get tenure if you start researching this stuff. You're not going to get, uh, you know, promoted. You're not going to get grant money if you're researching 
researching the paranormal. So uh, it's going to take take a take a special scientist in order to start doing that kind of research. The other thing is here is that some people want to compartmentalize these various subjects. So we have UFOs in one category, ghosts in another, strange creatures, possession. So that makes it difficult because can we really separate any of this stuff? Is it all due to similar causes? Well, which is a great question, and a lot of people have have explored that. Uh, you know, they're trying to find a unified paranormal field theory. Uh, it doesn't seem to be that you know that ghosts and UFOs are connected. It doesn't seem to be that UFOs and Bigfoot are connected. But there are so many reports out there that do connect them. Uh, unfortunately, people out there uh, who are trying to do the research are focused on this is a UFO. It's a nut and bolt craft from a different uh, a different galaxy. How can it have anything to do with UFOs? Uh, the first time I heard uh, Jim Mars talking about, you know, he, he started collecting stories about um, the base uh, in Roswell, the, the hospital, where the hospital used to be. People were reporting seeing, you know, ghosts of, of ETs. You know, what? Wow. You know, I, I never tried to put those together before. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's going to stay compartmentalized. You know, when people are, are are with a mind frame that Bigfoot can't have anything to do with the paranormal, it's an animal. So it's all paranormal tunnel vision. I kind of think you think the same, right, Nick? Yeah, I think you know when I first got into subjects like this, that my view was that they were all completely separate. But then, you know, it's very often the case that the more you dig into them, you do find intriguing and sometimes quite significant parallels where, you know, you have to begin to wonder, is this subject truly isolated from that subject? You know, and a lot of researchers, particularly those who are very much belief-driven, are quite hostile to the idea that their little pet subject could possibly have anything to do with anything else. You know, for example, a lot of the old guard who grew up on within the UFO field on books like from the likes of Hynek and Kehoe, etc., are quite uh, openly hostile to the possible Bigfoot connections between some of these, phenom- these phenomena or the idea that the men in black could have anything other than government agency connections. You know, the idea that they're paranormal or something is just like a no-go area. But if you're honest with yourself as a researcher, I think you have to realize that there are crossovers, and what we need to understand is is why these crossovers exist, how they exist, and more importantly, why people are so determined to ignore them. And I think part of it just comes down to people just don't want their belief systems affected from the safe comfort zone that they're already in. So we're talking about artificial limits to the investigation of all this stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the artificial limits are actually promoted by people within the field that's the ironic thing is that you know we're it's almost like we're looking for the answers to a lot of secrets we but there's a high degree of self-censorship going on as well so that's a good question jason at what point did you think that all this might be related because you certainly treat it that way in your books Right. Well, it, it it only happened in in the last couple of years when I really started uh, you know writing fairly heavily about about the paranormal, and and came to realize you know all the stuff that people say they know about ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot, they're still these are all still unknown quantities. You know we don't know what what's going on really. We can speculate, and why can't all these things why can't all these things be connected? 
You know, that, 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 that was when, when it really hit me is, yeah, we don't know what a ghost is. I mean, they've been reported in every culture throughout the planet for as long as, you know, as far back as we go. So, you know, are there ghosts? Yeah, it sounds like there may be, but, but you know, why can't they be connected with, with something else? Because we don't have a textbook that says science says this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for these things being, you know, being one and the same. So ghosts may not be the return of someone who just died. No, it could be a bit of undigested beef, uh, a potato, or a blot of mustard. <laughs> what about interdimensional or time travel? Some people suggest when we see a ghost, we're actually peering into another reality where that ghost is really a living physical person. Which is something I touched about uh, when I was researching shadow people. I, I posted on, on my blog, uh, uh, of course, it's completely un- unscientific, but I, I posted a, uh, a poll on what do you think shadow people are, and I had uh, an extensive list, and one of the, one of the uh, things on the list was interdimensional travelers, and that got probably 85% of the votes. Uh, of course, when I talked to physicists about this, they got a pretty big chuckle over it being an interdimensional traveler, but it, I mean, in you know, popular popular culture right now, that, that makes a lot of sense. It frankly makes a lot of sense to me, too. I'll tell you what, what makes a lot of sense to us is we have about a minute and a half left. Jason Offit, take a few moments to talk about your new book. Okay. Uh, uh, what, what lurks beyond the paranormal in, in your backyard? Basically, I, I set out to find uh, and, and prove to people that the paranormal is everywhere. It's not just in, you know, isolated corners of the world. It's not just in the, you know, Amazon rainforest. It's right outside your back door. I'm looking out my window right now into my backyard, and I can see one of the haunted spots that's in my book from my back window. So it's everywhere. Okay, and I challenge people, I challenge all the listeners to look outside your back door and find whatever paranormal thing's out there because it's, it's looking through your screen at night. Maybe my screen, I'll have to start taking a look. The book is called What Lurks Beyond the Paranormal in Your Backyard from Jason Offit, and it's from the Truman State University Press, available from Amazon Books and lots of places. Nick Redfern, where do we find more of the things you do? Uh, you find more about the things I do at nickredfern.com, which is an easy one to remember, hopefully. And what's your next book, by the way? Uh, I have a book coming out in about two weeks called Final Events which is probably the most controversial book I've ever written. Um, And it actually deals with a think tank type group I've uncovered in the government, in the U.S. government, that believes the whole UFO phenomenon is not extraterrestrial, but has demonic, literal demonic origins. And you'll be here to talk about that book in the very near future. We want to thank you. Darn well. Maybe we'll have Jason be the one to question you. We'll see. Next week, we have David Hatcher Childress to return to answer your questions and talk about Yeti. Special thank you always to Nick Redfern for being one of our co-hosts on the Paracast. Jason Offit, thank you so much for being on the Paracast. Uh, Gene and Nick, it's been great being on. Uh, Good to talk to you guys. You too, Jason. Thanks a lot. The Paracast is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.